time, right about that time, to open for the final time the mists of Barovia and welcome you in to the Curse of Strahd on PZ85 Plays on the Podzilla 1985 Network. I am your Dungeon Master, Cody Sandusky. Welcome you in for the finale episode. Well, at least we believe so. We'll see how the math rocks roll, but I believe very strongly that this party composition desires and will achieve the end of this campaign by death of one or death of many. And those who are wishing to avoid their own deaths and inflicted upon somebody else in the cast before you starting first, the man on the West Coast who was transforming at the end of the last episode, Bjorn the Bloodhunter with his sidekick, the Kavan Spear. If it bleeds, you can kill it. It's Kaz. Oh, we about to do wolfy things. Playing our, well, the holiest man this universe has ever seen, at least in terms of Barovia, bearing the holy symbol of Ravenkind, saying that he eats vampires for breakfast, and right now he's very hungry. It is Rasmus Thomason, played by Double H. Cody, I came across time for you. <gasps> True. Uh, playing Sophie Valmont, asking her brother, who is your daddy and what does he do, as he stares blankly in response, it's Shannon Young. I'd like to pitch my new story for Sophie where she goes back in time to stop Strahd from ever being born. <laughs> and I'm going to call it the Eliminator. That's a good one. That's a solid And name. it's directed a by strong. Nick G. Nick G. Jesus. And while hiding under this <laughs> opulent table in the middle of a dining room, she's yelling, I'll be back eventually. It's Zephra, the blue air genasi played by Lindsay Wolfgang. I'm just going to stand at the table. It's fine. It's probably safer that way. I mean, you back away from all your vampires, Lindsay. <laughs> you will have a few more turns to determine your fate. Can it's we get Sylvester Stallone to be uh, starring in this one? Sylvester Stallone can definitely play Strahd with Rahadin played by, you guessed it, Frank, Frank Stallone. Stallone. Cody, you said fate. It could be, Rahadin. you think it could be a dark fate? It could, be, it could uh, I was going to say it could be a dark gray mist too, but yes, I will oblige your Terminator. Not anymore. I missed that button. All I got uh, is this. How do you like us now? Still yeah, got that. Uh, fucking sounds in here. There you go. <laughs> well, the good news. Uh, you all have the opportunity to be granted revenge, and if Crom doesn't do it, then to hell with him. So <laughs> when we left the last episode, everything slowed down as the party established their positions for what looks to be the final combat against Strahd. Rasmus bearing down behind his shield, the holy symbol of Ravenkind, pointed toward Strahd. Zephra under the table. Bjorn transformed, holding the spear of Kavan. Sophie pointing a crossbow, where it was never explicitly stated where it was pointing. And Aiden, and Aiden just with a slight twitch where his whip should be. I feel like this is that moment where, where Bjorn does need to open up his vest and show that he has a proper chest now. It's a little fuzzy, a little hairy, but it I, ain't as bony. I think you need to proper befriend chest. vampires, so when you open up your jacket, bats fly out of it. <laughs> Ooh, a werewolf with bat co- coat. Bat coat. Bat coat, yeah. I'll allow it. Yeah, sure. Surely that will go well, right? Yeah. Cody, can I get a cantrip for that? No. If you would have only found the wizard's key, you would have had the chance to do this. And it's unfortunate that you never did. 
There you go. That's what we got. <laughs> so I guess I, I will ask as we prepare for this final battle, what questions do you have? What uh, any so details you specifically to like to have painted before you? Cass yep. had a question. Yes, Cass. Yeah. I was no, I was saying, what's the best way to kill this wizard? Wizard. With the stuff that we didn't gather. Cody, I have a legitimate question. <laughs> we got this. Yeah, we sure. Real power. So how I, I still don't understand. How is it possible that John Connor could go back in time God to impregnate it. Sarah Connor if he didn't go back in time in the first place to impregnate her to be born to go back in time later? And and as a follow-up question to that, is there a way for John Connor to get back to the future without using the wizard's key? I like this particular multi-reality verse. Every time I break before I can get to the bit, which is you just saying you attacked your question. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Hunter, did you see the clip uh, where Marty McFly picks John Connor up in the DeLorean and says, hop in. We're going to go stop a Terminator. <laughs> and then he <laughs> and, and then he's striking that xylophone but he hits the same, the same key note. and it produces yeah. two different notes How? are, we, are we, we to believe this is some sort of magic <laughs> xylophone well, I hope someone got fired for that blunder that oh my god okay yeah let's do this let's do it thumbs up it's game time I don't know what song I picked we'll see how it plays Wait, I don't hear it so. oh good I don't either <laughs> I also cannot hear it. I hope it's that song, Physical, Physical. Physical. No, no, it is not. Yeah, one more question. What's up? So I see the room. Did we not have guests near us? You did. And at least when all of this action started, and this is as good a place to start as any, the consorts or vampire uh cohorts of Strahd around the table started backing away from the table as all of this action started in real time. God, Strahd is exerting and not me like immediately going <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it started in my because it's it's progressive left to right as soon as it started in my left ear I went wait what who the fuck's here so, so the downside is it's called Battle Requiem. And I was like, okay, maybe it'll be a nice precursor. No, this sounds like you've ended the battle in fucking Lord of the Rings. So, so I'm, I'm here for it. This very yeah. much feels like it's what is okay. about to happen. Yeah, let's get physical. Yeah. God damn it, you and your tagline. I'm, okay. I'm going to like start keeping a tally of how many times you say that. Please do. 69 Please times in one night. Oh, shit. He said it's the goddamn sex vampire. Sophie and or Aiden Valmont, take your pick. Uh, All right. uh, that's not his name anymore. His name now is John Matrix. So, I hate you so much. You're going to start saying it the same way Al Bundy says, Dwight D. Eisenhower. John Matrix. Okay, so as Strahd, all the action was happening for you guys, Strahd was standing from the tables. You had all six foot four of them on his feet, kind of hands on the table. And as you all kind of beckon, you know, your weapons, you shield yourselves, get ready to go. You just in a flash hear a bellow of leave. And you see the consorts kind of in that real time missed out. Damn. Oh, shit. 
That ain't good. And he just killed their souls. He looks at, at the, the everything happening. He reaches for a sword that's in his sheath on the left side of his, his waist. He pulls it out and simply just stands with arms open. Let's roll some initiative. I don't even know what I have as a bonus anymore. Two. A whole whopping plus well, one. Better than the one that it kind of sat there on for a minute. Rolled over. <clears throat> well, Kaz, I took that one for you because that's what I got. <laughs> I got an eight. I got a nine total. Oh, I got an eight. I, to be nice? fair, I got that's an eight great. total. I got an eight total. Oh, never mind. I rolled a seven. Yeah, I got a seven plus one. Okay, I thought I got a one. Never mind. Oh, my bad. So you and I rolled literally the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which the, uh, the tiebreaker would be what your initiative modifier is. Which is plus they one. They have the same thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they so I'll let seven plus one. Yeah, the two of you can decide what you wish to do in that situation. I will let Sophie. They go should first. battle each other. Yeah, because you're under a table. Uh, Kaz, we might, actually. <laughs> See, let's take a look at Aiden's modifier. Oh, the table is probably a disadvantage. <clears throat> table has priority, whatever that means. That's right. I mean, the table has not been overturned yet. Did Strahd really roll a 20? Yeah, straight up. I will. Well, technically, guys, he rolled more. Guys, it was fun oh, playing oh. with you. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> appropriate. Year and a half. <clears throat> we had DM, couldn't even fudge the row. Couldn't Damn even it. lie for us. God. Well, we're, we're well past the Kruskog system, so it's that's different. right. I'd like to, I'd like to point out. I'd like to get real saucy for a minute. You motherfuckers would never talk to me this way. Do not disrespect this man. He has been in charge for a year and a half now. Who's disrespecting? I've been, been warming up. I'm saving yeah. more news. I support him. You, I'm just you will talk up. to me with respect and John goddamn hatred for her. I Nobody I drank Cody bleed his own blood. I, I drank Dodge Stress. <laughs> I can do 20 push ups in seven people. <laughs> I can do 20 sit ups in 10 minutes. <laughs> Which may or may not be accurate. At some point in time, Kaz is going to say something and I'm going to go, oh, shut up, you drunken winch. <laughs> and then everyone gets quiet and starts eating. I hate you. I hate you both. Storm out of the room. I may just roll a winch in the next game just so you can do that. We let me finish. The, uh, we let me finish the damn story. <laughs> just wish you weren't a liar. I wish you weren't. Wish you weren't a liar. Wish you wouldn't lie so much. <laughs> oh man. Sometimes oh, that legitimately is me and Lindsay. When I start to tell a story and she immediately guesses at it, and I go, "We let me finish the damn story." <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true it's, story. I bet it is. I bet it is. You know the the instinct I had to fight off to go. Oh, and when she finishes your story before you're done with it. <laughs> you remember that skit oh. with uh, uh oh god uh, Nassim Patrad as the I forget what her name is, but she kept guessing the stories continuously. That's Lindsay. No. Every time you try to tell her a story, she just oh, yeah. constantly you, guesses as like a big dildo or. <laughs> See, the only thing I can think of right now when I see Peridot is her both being uh, Paula Abdul for one of the movie auditions, but also the sketch with Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, God, Jackal. I love that Jackal. one. Jackal. That's Jackal. A, is it a Jackal? It's a Jackal. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, all right. I cast Jackal. 
<laughs> sure you do. <laughs> give me the give me your animal handling check for your jackal cast. Uh, please don't don't. Uh, we're not going to do that. There you fine. go. Hunter, I'm putting this in the text right now. Of I demand this be the next one we do for horse time, and Lindsay has to play the main character, Tippy. <laughs> Watch it later. All You'll right. love it. No, yeah. I'll keep it. All right. Okay. So with Strahd having the first move, <sighs> he kills he, Rasmus. <laughs> he aims specifically for Rasmus. He sees that shit and says, I want it. Blame him. I mean... No, uh, Strahd immediately. You see him. Yes. Sorry, I, yeah, I had the men- I had the mental image of Pushy, and it fucked me up immediately. Here we go. He what? Strahd immediately rises off the ground, and you see him in his corporeal form pass through the ceiling. Oh, what, what the fuck? Peace the fuck out, okay? Oh, what the fuck? So we gotta run through this whole motherfucking castle. Sophie's gonna look over at Aiden and just go, oh, no. It's like, it's a Kawatu moment. I'm I'm just gonna ask, what? What was that? I feel like I know where this is going. I'm glad you do, because I don't. We're gonna find out together. And that would be where? <laughs> up? We go up. Yeah. <laughs> So that's Strahd's turn. Strahd passes through. Uh, Rasmus, you specifically understand because he knows what you have in front of you. Oh, shit. <clears throat> okay. Uh, you you kind of, having attuned this item, you know what it can do, but you, I, as if you didn't have any inkling about it, you become immediately aware that he also knows what it can do. All right. So, I mean, again, bewildered, Rasmus is looking around, looks at Sophie. When you say the, you know, I, I feel like, you know, what this is, I go, what, what is, should we go? Uh, uh, Sophie, let me give you a piece of information. Thank you. Y- yeah. You know that, uh, because you are in Castle Ravenloft, there are certain lair actions, is what the, the game mechanic is. But there are certain actions or benefits that Strahd has for being in here. One of them is that he can, in his corporeal form, pass through solid walls, doors, and ceilings as if they weren't there. And I explained that to them. But in a more dramatic way than you said it. <clears throat> yes. The thunder was rolling. Okay, so to her directly, then how do we get up there? Uh, dead air. <laughs> dead air. Wait, Bjorn kind of leads in and goes, stairs? Yes, there are. <laughs> I'm just going to point out the door. There are, there are definitely stairs <laughs> up, but what do we do about him? And I'm I feel still, like Lex Luger. I don't know. I'm just showing off Aiden <laughs> to everybody. I'm just displaying him. Going, he's here. What about him? Yes, send him after. Yeah, actually, I, I all at once I feel like I would actually come to that realization and go, "What? We got him. Can we? Can we just go?" Well, I wouldn't say we yes. could just go. And she's gonna tilt his head a little bit and show the bite marks on him. We get better. Yeah, like I got better. <laughs> you will notice again as this conversation happens and you all are speaking toward Aiden, 
you still see kind of that twitch of his hand. It's it's almost like he's trying to do a quick draw of that whip, but it's not mounted to his side. Depending on how far gone he is, he may or not, may not become an issue late, later. So if we are going to chase after Strahd, I think a good idea would be tying him up and putting him somewhere where he can't come back to haunt us. At least until Strahd's yeah, dead. All right. Let's do it. Does, he, he doesn't have no, his I whip on him, Cody. I, he does not. Okay. Is there anything? I mean, in, well, yeah, it's not my turn. I've got a rope. We've all got rope. Or, well, yeah. anybody with a pack has got rope. But, yeah, it's, it's Kaz's turn. Or it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I would, uh, Kaz, if you look at, and most of you would be able to see this, I, I guess Zephyr notwithstanding being under the table, his whip is not at his side, but a familiar rapier is still on his left hip. Mm. Ooh. So I tie him down and I take that rapier and I. It's a lot of moves. Okay. Damn. To grapple him, you are going to need for the first time in, in this, you know, few moments you've been around him, the light's still not fully on behind the eyes, but also almost as if by instinct, he fights you in terms of like, he's struggling against your attempt to bind him. And I'm so just telling you, you calm down. It's ask. cool. This is for your own good. It's cool. Trust me. And I'm doing this like just like with his wolf face in front. I just want to be clear. I'm still a wolf for him. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm painfully aware. That helps. Uh, go ahead and uh, give me a strength check. Like I said, this is going to be a grapple contest, essentially. Strength saving? Oh, a check. A check. Yeah, strength check. Where? Oh, let me do that. <laughs> this game's going to go fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five. Uh, and I, I will say not that he did not that he did much better, but he was able to do at least enough. Now mind you, he's a fairly robust, strong character, if you remember his character sheet. You try to like go around him with your arms with that rope, and he just kind of throws his hands back. It's just this this visceral flail trying to make sure you uh, can't contain his arms. And he steps cool. back into the corner of this room. Like he pivot gets away from you and just he doesn't draw anything, but he just looks intently at all of you and almost by instinct puts his hand on the hilts of that rapier. He doesn't take it, but Bjorn, after your physical interaction with him, you notice a mix of, like, in brief flashes, that death behind the eyes that you all have seen, but there are moments of panic. Ah. I guess I have another move, and then that one would be to just grab him by the shoulders and just kind of like shake him. Like, are you there? Okay, give me a. It's not gonna be a straight check because it's not like you're trying to direct him anywhere. I'm just kind of trying to persuade him to come back. I was about to say, yeah. Give me a. Uh, give me a persuasion check. Can I investigate? <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I saw that modifier. I was wondering about that phrase. Damn it. Uh, I used the wrong word. <laughs> okay. You sure did, Val. Let me. Um, yeah, because I mean, honestly, you're kind of surveying the situation, see what he's got Doesn't going matter. on. Right now. Go ahead and investigate. Wait, investigate? Yeah, go ahead and give me an investigate. Yeah, I'm investigating for that soul. Whoops, hold on. Okay, oh. well. <laughs> investigating for that soul. <laughs> I'm on it. 
Oh shit, here comes that soul. Twenty-one <laughs> twelve. That's Cody, that's a perfect role. You have to give him whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's a rush song too. <laughs> the game. I deem him dead. Bad, the bad guy. No. I deem him dead. <laughs> So, so it is said, so it shall be. Twenty-one twelve. A roll of twenty twelve gives me the ability to kill Strahd with the glare of my yellow eyes. Yeah, all right. Strahd's not in the room, man. No matter where he's at, just my thinking of his existence zapping out. The deed is done. You get that shake, and again, you're. Your wolf, your beast form is is there just kind of, what are you doing? Are you saying anything other than, like, just your general come back to yeah, us, or what are you doing? Like, Aiden, are you there? I, I, I see he flickers of you. I, like, I'm, I'm coaxing him. I, I am investigating for his soul in behind the eyes and asking, is it there? Um, where, where are you? That's you shake, and... His body moves with you. You don't get, at least at first, any kind of indication. Like, his head's just kind of going back and forth, not trying to resist. After about three or four kind of throws of the shoulder, he kind of snaps for a second and just looks at you. Tears start welling up in the side of his eyes, and all he can muster is, Help me. And almost as quickly as he does that, like, by the time you stop your momentum of swinging his shoulders... It's gone again. Something's there, but you don't know how much of it right now. Silence is drama. Yeah, I think I think Kaz blinked out. Oh, there he is. Never mind. Thought he was gone there for a minute. No, Aiden's oh, gone. Deep contemplation. <laughs> Anything? Oh, he tells me. Even though he's moving, he says his internet went out. Oh, that sucks. Oh. But we do, we do see you, boy. Like, okay. should, should we tell them that we're here? Yeah, oh, we okay, got here. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. All right, you I got two Wi-Fi's, and I'm trying. Like, oh, uh, okay. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, that was perfect internet all day, and then pow. That's a wonderful yeah, how it goes. I, so any, I, I apologize. I missed all of that. Oh, no, no, you're okay. You're okay, okay. So he's, you kind of continue shaking his shoulders about three or four jostles and nothing happens. Like about your fifth or sixth go, he snaps his head up for just a second. You see ears welling in the corners of his eyes, and he just looks at you and just says, help me. And then by time you you can't even stop your momentum of like throwing his shoulders before he kind of snaps back and again is gone. Gotcha. Um, I'm curious. Is there? Do I know of any history? Has my sword told Kavan told me anything about its ability to bring back those which are on their way toward <clears throat> this lifestyle? As you think that, you feel that connection from the blood spear. And Kavan, for the first time, a little bit solemnly, it just conveys to you the only help I can provide would be to end his life. Blood is what feeds me. 
Preferably Strahd's. Can only Kaz hear that? At least in this moment, yes. Okay. Okay. Because it's the, the way it is, it's you have to be basically in attuned to it. So it's mostly just me learning from the sword. Okay, so it, it the only thing it can do is kill him. Um, is it, yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of my two main moves. I don't, that's, that's all I had there. Okay. I just kind of like, I seen it and I look back toward uh, Rasmus and kind of down at his shield and just kind of shrug my shoulders like in a question. Um, I mean, if it's my turn, because I'm next in the initiative order, uh, I I don't have any, mechanically, I don't have any spells that are going to do anything about this. I don't have, like, mm. remove curse or anything like that. But I have a couple of things that I think are worth casting that, with Cody's permission, I'd like to also, like, I, I want to cast them and get the, ben of, the benefits of them. But if there's anything I can do to try to bring him back to us while doing that, like, basically, I'm I'm praying, then... Sure. If I can tack that on to like also trying to get through to him, great. I mean, he's been around you now. If you recall, Aiden wasn't the even being a paladin wasn't the greatest respecter of the deities. It seemed at right. times, That's but true. he's. You would think that if there is a part of him still in there, there is some awareness, and at least in your faith, some opportunity for Elmater to intervene. Yeah. So basically that's, uh, and I apologize. Most of the time I have a really cool, like full prayer that I've looked up and all that. And I, I don't have that right now. I'll try to find something, uh, but I've, I'm just coming up on this. So basically what I want to do with my turn for my full action, I'm, uh, casting beacon of hope, which is one of my level threes. So I'm going to mm -hmm. mark that off. Um, what happens there is that all of us, any number of creatures within range. So that's me along with, uh, everybody in the party and Aiden um, for the next minute, basically for the next 10 rounds, we all have advantage on any wisdom saving throws on any death saving throws. And here's the big one. If you receive any healing, you get the maximum number of hit points back from that healing you could get. So if I hit you with a heal, we don't have to roll for it. You get every bit of it back. Mm -hmm. Um, feel like if anybody needs hope or if we need anything right now it's hope um and so that would be part of the prayer to Ilmater is basically just just providing us the hope that we need uh to get by to survive to make it out of this place alive to get our friend back and i'll look aiden right in the eye whether he's looking at me or not um and for us to to all go home um and then as an aside i'm also going to use my bonus action to cast shield of faith on Zephra again. Cause I'm pretty sure she has the lowest AC out of all of us. Yeah, probably. Okay. So that is going to give you, uh, up to 10 minutes. So we're talking about a significant amount of rounds, uh, plus two to your AC for the remainder of this probably encounter. I'm going to guess. Um, and as I, as I'm doing that and bringing that back in, I'm kind of throwing aside of, I, Worked pretty well the first time. Um, and to Aiden, you know, to Aiden, but to everybody again, class pans going through the the, the process, saying that it's Ilmater's um, arms that surround us, that bind us together, but that shield us from those who would wish to do us harm. 
um, and that our faith, I, I would I would instinctively say my faith, and then our faith uh, in him and in us is what will see us through. For all of you, you sense as Rasmus is doing this, maybe for the first time, maybe it's this environment, maybe it's the the atmosphere and kind of the finality that you're feeling with having face down Strahd and trying to find out what to do. You all sense kind of a, an aura or a glow off of that shield specifically. Like even behind the holy symbol of Ravenkind, those hands bound together kind of emit a light. Faint as it is, but you all pick up on it. Aiden in the corner as uh, Bjorn has done his bit, Aiden fixates on those hands. And Rasmus, you can see like a a shaking of his head, trying as if to clear out whatever is in there. It doesn't give this time. You see how that flailing, that just anything that he can do. And then that snap rod straight again. It's vacant. But Bjorn, you would notice a little less vacant. Like between what you've done and this hope, for lack of a better word, is something you may start mustering a little bit. That he can get free of this. Okay, that's... That's all I can do. I'm not going to start moving if we're not leaving him behind. So, Zephra, you have that... Uh, whatever position you may be prone under the table or what you opt to do, you kind of have, again, that slightly translucent... Or, excuse me, slightly opaque yeah. shield around you, again, like you did on the battlefield at Yesterhill. Yep. Well, obviously, since Strahd is no longer there, I'm going to come out from under the table because... Aiden isn't doing anything yet, and again, he's someone that we know to an extent. We know what he's capable of. Um, I don't necessarily know that I am a persuasive individual as far as uh, helping him to break through, but I would join in, join in with the group that kind of speaking to him of... You came here to fight things. Are you going to let them defeat you in this this sense? Like, you're still in there, clearly. Break through this. Yeah. And I, since he hasn't done anything, I'm not going to do anything to attack him, as far as that goes. And uh, I certainly don't have the strength stat to go attempt to grapple him to get him tied up either. So... <laughs> I'm just going to kind of leave it at helping to try and talk to him and break through. Yeah. I will say that, again, much as the rest of the party has encountered thus far, you get glimpses and moments that the light's on somewhere deep in the back of his head. He's trying to bring it to the forefront, but there's still an almighty struggle coming through. Okay, yeah, and I'm just going to leave my turn there because I'm not going to attack him. That brings you to uh, Sophie. 
Well, like all good women in a moment like this, uh, I would like to fix him. Because I know I can fix him. All right. Would you like to roll a relationship check, a sibling <laughs> check? Like, what are you doing here? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Can I use religion? <laughs> are you losing your religion? Uh, no, he. I understand why. What do you intend to do with a religion check? Well, he's trying to keep a view. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he can do it. I, I would like to, if everyone else is kind of getting through to him, me being his legitimate sister... And I'm not going to word it all out something because I'm very tired. I had a rough day. The IRS is after well, me. I'll tell you guys later. Um, yeah. Or not enough. I have not said enough about this. I'll tell you later. I don't want to talk about it online in case the IRS is listening. Point well, is. God damn it. Um, she's very Ellie's much. there in the corner. Just fucking do something. She's, she's very much going to also appeal to him and mention. I'm just going to tell you what she's saying. I'm not going to actually say it that she is appealing to his memories of her and that they grew up together and is coming at him from a way more intimate position than anybody else could. You know, look at me. I'm your sister. Look at me. I know what you're going through. I went through the same thing. You can fight it. I fought it. Um, basically trying to almost like trying to talk a drug addict through a, a really bad trip and, and, you know, explaining to him how it feels. And I know how it feels because she's been through this too. She's gone through this exact same thing. And she kind of came out of it with somewhat of her wits enough to at least kind of make her own decisions. So she's trying to do the same thing for him. Yeah. And I'm, if I can somehow gonna, use religion in that, I'm not going to give you religion. Cause it's more <laughs> like a history it. check in terms of recalling information. Yeah. But, but you I'm know, going, he's a paladin yeah, uh-huh. probably. He, he, allegedly he is. My rules is written. I um, I want persuasion with advantage. I will give you that. Okay. Persuasion. Well, I have a plus zero in that. That's going to work out for me. First roll is a uh, oh, 16. Good. It's not bad. 16 is not bad. Okay. And the second roll is, uh, is lesser. It's a 13. Okay. I need you to roll poorly for once in your miserable fucking life. Please, Cody, I love you like a brother. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> incredible. Cody earlier, don't you remember him? I didn't say that. Say. Lindsay said that. I said it was the Cody system, which is champions of Dungeons uh-huh. and Dragons yearly. Uh-huh. Sure. Yearly. Sure. <sighs> Sophie, you, you give the spiel, you... you play into your familial bond, the endeavors you have both taken as being monster hunters. These are the kind of people you try to eliminate. These are the people you try to save others from becoming. And that light more stably than it has for the others comes to the forefront in his eyes. And he, he looks at you and says, like, the tears still streaming, like, from the corners of his eyes. You can tell this has been, whether it's just his body just doing that or if it's pure emotion. He looks at you and says, Sophie. The gods, Sophie. What have they done? What has he done to us? Can I reply to that? Yeah. Uh, I want to look him directly in his eyes in all sincerity, the most serious she's ever looked and tell him nothing we can't fix together. 
he looks at you, and the lucidity is still there, but he kind of shakes his head at you. Not in this state. N- not right now. Okay, then I want to put on the... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to joke, say I want to put the sunglasses on then and fight him. You know, you're know, you the only one that's going to get the reference, though, so let's just skip it and you go on. Talk, talking is a free action, right? Yeah. Talk? Yeah. Um, when, he's, when he says, uh, not in this state, then that's when I think I would chime in and go, she just said it. It's nothing we can't fix together. That state is what we aim to undo. You were with us before. You're with us again. I'm going to put my hand out and go, let's do this. Yep. Roll for Schwarzenegger Weathers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the... <laughs> <laughs> they got me pushing too many pencils these days, Aiden. Come on. Aiden, I'm going to presume Rasmus, did you come toward him? Because either way, he's going to meet you where you are. Yeah. 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 Sorry, he, I keep forgetting I can move myself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in in all that happening, I would have come around here, I guess. Yeah. He takes again. He looks at you. You kind of see the eyes dilate a little bit and kind of expand and retract in in very quick succession. He releases his hand from that hilt of the rapier, and there's not a lot of force behind it, but he does extend the arm. And kind of just softly grasp it around your hand. Okay. Um, I'm going to do that thing. You know that thing people do when they shake your hand and then they bring the other hand in and like clasp it too? I'm going to do that same thing like on top of it. And then I'm going to look at the rest of them like waiting. What are you waiting for? I'm going to hug him. Just hug him tight. I'm looking at the two of you. I'm, I'm looking, looking at these hands. I'm looking at Bjorn. I mean, I would, you can get these hands. Yeah. <laughs> Bjorn kind of like looks at the hands, looks at Rasmus, looks at the hands, looks at Rasmus, <laughs> and then grabs the hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With his big Very old paws. I see a furry motherfucker just With on top. Just, yeah. just a full palm. Like a and, in the, just, yeah. and in the background. I accidentally, I accidentally claw Rasmus a little bit. Like blood. <laughs> ah, shit. Now up. I'm a werewolf too. And <laughs> I'm not going to put it in here, Cody, but in the backgrounds, Mighty Wings by Cheap Trick plays. And it's just. Dun, 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 dun. Um. And, what and a I, killer I, I reference. Really, I love <laughs> this. This is this, the symbolism, man. I mean, again, we're praying to Ilmater here. Ilmater's symbol is literally clasped hands mm-hmm. with a red, like, string tied around them. And a know, werewolf. With a furry hand on top. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the big furry one right there. Yeah. Well, you're going to add some blue ones there, too, because I'll have joined the fray as well. Oh. Yeah. It's the blue girl. No. <laughs> That's a porn. Chad made me buy him. He's- no, <laughs> it's true. It's damn true. He was too embarrassed no. to buy it. It was an anime porn. We were in uh, God. what was that place that isn't Hastings? Fye. Fye. Oh, 
Red FY86, Shannon, will you buy this for me? I'm too embarrassed. And me, having no shame at the time, walked up and popped it down and said, let me get this. <laughs> and they said, oh, you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get those hands. You're going to catch the limit. <laughs> oh, Christ. I'm so happy this is ending the torment for all of us ends soon. <laughs> Don't worry, we're all going to end this in my bar. I'm kidding. <laughs> you don't own the bar, Kev. The bar is gone. It burnt down. It burned to the ground. That's the post credit scene. No, it's too early. It's too, it's too early. early. So Aiden, after this moment, I know what uh, I know what action I'm going to have him take. But tell me. Valmont family member, what do you wish to have him do? The moment snaps back. Again, the lucidity is returning to him. He is not all that he was. Like, things are still foggy. But he knows who he is. He knows the room. And he knows he has a rapier at his side. Uh, As all these hands are held together, what does Aiden wish to do? I I know you said you got the movement in head, so I'm just going to say what he says. Mm-hmm. He looks. Uh, he looks over everybody. He smiles at Sophie, the weak smile, and then he looks at Rasmus specifically and says, "Let's get this goddamn bad head." Yeah, <laughs> which is also a Castlevania song and the worst titled one, by the way. It's literally called "You Goddamned Bad Head." What is that from Castlevania Judgment? It's from Castlevania One, but it's from the um, the Castlevania Chronicles re-release in Japan. Oh, the, yeah, okay, yeah, it's a weird oh, song, oh, and also on PS One, sir. It was also a PS One game. <laughs> it was. I had it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess I've never I'm looked just... at the names of that soundtrack. Okay, good Here, to know. Cody, so just many songs in case you want to listen to it in the future, I'm posting it in the chat. It's called Immediately Hereafter. God damn you, Bing, you son of a bitch. Stop binging well, me. I'm going to say, well, why you're binging, you Bing head? Uh, Aiden is going to draw out that rapier. There it is. Uh, kind of as the, the huddle breaks. Oh, son of a bitch. I deleted the wrong one. Go ahead. Sorry. You're fine. So he's going to draw that rapier as the the huddle breaks. And you all hear in your heads. uh, Strahd is uh, sending to you all. You would kind of know what the spell is. How, How pleasant this family reunion. Come. Face your death, holy man. In the room where you would worship. This premises has a chapel. You wish to meet Elmater. I'll send you to him in here. I'm assuming everyone heard the same thing? Yeah. He is, because of the item you have on your shield... You have, with that message, picked up the very clear message that (laughs) you are the biggest focus right now because you have the best tool available to harm him. As as we're all looking around, I'm gonna hold up the shield and like slap it with my you know slap the front of it with my free hand and go. I think he's afraid. Hunter, and if and if he bleeds, we can kill him. What weapon do you use other than the shield? Yeah, mace. mace. Yeah. Can you use swords? Uh, um, I don't think I'm trained with a man. I don't think I can. 
Uh, I don't. I don't know how that works. I don't remember. I think what simple weapons classify as in this situation. Yeah, I don't think a sword cla- classifies as a simple weapon. I think it's martial. I think so too. Yeah, because I'm. Uh, well, hang on. I'm oh, looking up a table right now specifically. It's yeah, I was looking to see if it was on my. Yeah, club, dagger, great table. club, hand axe, javelin, light hammer, mace, quarterstaff, and spear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the mace I think was the. It's both a. It's an adopted symbol of. Ill modern because he doesn't have a weapon. He does unarmed stuff. Mm-hmm. So actually, he's often uh, worshipped by like monks. Um, but the mace is like his his most simple, straightforward one. The mace and shield. And so yeah, I have those, and then I've got a crossbow. All right. So Cody, do I get to play two characters then? No, not I've, not for the moment. I, got, I wanted you to, to <laughs> embody Aiden because. All right. Well, I've got both pulled up time. just in case. You let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have given you all a view of the rest of the main floor of Castle Ravenloft. Uh, I presume by context clues you could pick up where my orange marker is pinging uh, this tattered room with pews that have been broken and thrown into disarray. That is the chapel of which Strahd speaks. And Sophie would know that as well as just by being here for a little bit of time, Aiden would likely at least have an inkling of that. Is there anything that I can tell them like about it, like any kind of tricks or traps, anything that I know of that we need to be careful about? I was going to say, I imagine the other half of my, like, I think he's afraid would have been to look at you and go lead the way. Gladly. (laughs) Unless there's something I need to tell them. (laughs) Right. No, you know, let me, I'll say dim, a dim colored light is cast through this room. It is a very tall room. Like you would imagine for most of you, it's probably 30, 40 feet up like vaulted ceilings because Uh, it's the back part of this castle boarded up windows of stained glass, but still things kind of illuminate through. Uh, By the way, I'm going to change that a little bit. I'll say about 45 because as written, it's a 90 foot dome ceiling. And I find that to be fucking absurd. (laughs) Ridiculous. Insane. Uh, what do you do with a 90 foot ceiling? Uh, there is a balcony. Is a story, a, like 10? 10. If it's a nine, short yeah. story, it's 10. Yeah. But it treats like a tall. 9. Yeah. That's th- th- this castle, uh, you know, out of character for just a moment because we're not going to do it. This castle, as written, has like 88 fucking rooms. Good lord. It, it has, if you, include the, if you include and the we were walls originally of Ravenloft. supposed to find other items in here? Yeah, I mean, yeah. This whole place by <laughs> itself could be like. You talk about Death House taking eight sessions. This bitch alone could have been like an entire two months of campaign. This is another year. Yeah, this is yeah, another yeah. year. Just it's just castle. us storming the castle. Again, the, ca- the castle appeared. It's not even upside down. Yeah. Uh, Cody, would I know of yeah. any potential enemies to warn them about? Like, does Strahd have generals or soldiers that may be waiting for us? Anything that I could tell them to prepare them, basically, that I have seen? I mean, you know of five of them. They were in the room with you. Yeah, at one point they're consorts i don't take them to be like super strong you know they're just they're just vampire Not sluts just, including escher the male one is is very much the sluttiest very slutty he's he gives it away <laughs> he shows up like john matrix he no just, shirt body paint ready to go not just sucking blood okay yeah uh, other than those five you would know that you would know that there are vampire spawn and other entities throughout this castle. The uh, chapel itself, you would not know of anything. 
because it is typically a, a mostly abandoned room. Okay. Uh, you do... You would get the sense, based upon how he has conducted himself right now, though, and the fact that he called you all out the way he did, that he may not wish to trifle with other others. Yeah, I'm I'm going to look at Rasmus specifically and, and say this could be a trap. There are other creatures in this castle, but the way he speaks to you, you might be able to use his arrogance against him. He thinks he's all-powerful. If you prey on that, we might be able to get him one on, and she counts around, five. Looks back at Aiden, <laughs> four and a half. Um, no offense, I I, re- I realize Sophie doesn't know really anything about me so i'm just gonna say in that moment like i've been dealing with arrogance my entire life this is familiar territory rasmus very much grew up in a place where again a militaristic city and a a heavily religious um area these people all very much think that they are gifts from god like so many of them have to be turned away and have to realize that this is not the 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 way to get things done. And as somebody who lived humbly and normally, he was, you know, very different from them in that way. So, yeah, a lot of the, the arguments he's mediated has been about that sort of thing. Like, yeah, th- this is familiar territory. She's going to go down the line. She looks at Zephra and says, I can tell you have a kind heart and you're a storyteller. But I also know that you're very powerful. I can feel it. And we're going to need that if you're up for it. I'll do what I can, but keep in mind, sometimes my powers hit more than just the main target. And she looks at Bjorn, looks at his wolf form, and just kind of goes, yeah, you're good. <laughs> and, and I got you, nothing to say to you. Music lover. Yeah. <laughs> you're already looking very bestial. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll lead the way okay. wait you don't even make you? it to the double doors again because they were closed by rahadin with dinner happening they throw themselves open they they welcome you to navigate as we walk through i'm just gonna look around and tell everybody he is very confident so i'll give him that um i'm gonna tell her specifically since we were referencing this last time and we have a second to ourselves, when this thing kicks off, you need to get as far away from me as possible. Look and over at Aiden kinda, and again, the, the both of us. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of wrap knuckles on that shield again. You know, this this thing here is not going to be good for you. Oh, you care? She says with a smile. <laughs> yeah, well... I am just a big old sweetheart. <laughs> Some romantic tension there. Oh, God. <laughs> I will mechanically, because this, this building is large, and you know, as much fun as it is to have you go through the turn order two or three times to get somewhere, <laughs> uh, Shrod is not going to interfere with your navigation. So you can basically treat it as a pause in initiative. Can we re-roll initiative? No, it's <laughs> a good try. I had to run for days to come down that mountain. It's true. I have learned lessons. <laughs> Morovia is very large. 
<laughs> Rovia is the continental like, U.S. to someone from London. To this day. <laughs> Rovia right. is like Forrest Gump. It just yeah. keeps running. Where we all die and come to find and out running. that this whole time we've been dead and Cash just never stopped running. This is what he was yeah. imagining. Yeah. This is the story yeah, he played really out in his head while he was running. It's a fever dream. <laughs> and he gets to the end and he's just Forrest Gump like in California with the beard and wolf form. He's just like, okay. <laughs> just no, no, wolf beard. <laughs> the wolf beard. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. So uh I will note that Strahd used his turn in the turn order to send that sending message and to beckon you where he is. So turn order will start with Bjorn when you all enter the room. But Which is uh, this uh room? The far back. Yeah. All the way in this back. Yeah, yeah, okay. And again, you all are unimpeded. The candelabras, the the torches flicker kind of as you go through this hallway, as you will notice, is not incredibly lit at all because it's internal like it's it's surrounded by walls only but all the doors are open oh yeah I will uh, definitely tell me where you want Aiden to be actually I might be able to give you control of him again uh, he would definitely We're be gonna walk in and stand uh, there uh, I like think they're about so... to take a picture for the opening of Law and Order <laughs> Sophie is helping him walk I'm assuming Aiden is not up to like 100% like he's kind of stumbly no. right yeah, so she's kind of helping him along and kind of playing back memories that she has of them to him to kind of keep him focused, even though she's not entirely sure they're actually her memories or not. But it sounds good. Yeah. Is she coming? I was about to say, do you have control over her again? Oh, I didn't know you go. wanted me to physically move her. My bad. Oh, I mean, I've, I mean I've already done Ooh, it. I'll let you guys obviously manipulate as you wish where you want things to be. And so where's this... We're but Strahd, yeah. Okay, he's small. I like that. Leave him that way. <laughs> uh, Cody, are these the, the doors right here that Sophie's in front of, right? Uh, no. They are doors yeah. to it, and you would know it's just an alternate staircase, one of the many ways to navigate around the castle, but they are a set of doors. Okay. The main set of doors where Zephyr is in front of. Then she's going to move over there with Aiden, so that way if uh, Rasmus goes goes lighty she's gonna duck inside there with him to kind of avoid the light okay i shouldn't have told you my plan <laughs> that's very confident of you uh you will note uh if you zoom in on this picture again credit to dm andy on patreon incredible work uh by the where you would say the the pulpit or the lectern is on the the stage in front of this chapel you all do notice a decayed body there there's a figure slumped on the altar well, that's great. and Strahd just takes a moment standing there again uh, Sophie kind of nailed it looking incredibly smug and confident as you all enter he kind of as if he's the preacher from Footloose he kind of steps behind the pulpit and just points down at that man and that corpse Gustav Herengast, the last person, the last cleric to enter my walls and try to do something about my presence here. Gaze upon his visage. Look at him. Know that your fate is the same. Whatever gods you believe in, whatever entities you profess, they will not be able to draw you from my plane. 
Yeah, well, there's one big difference between Gustav and us, Strahd. He didn't have this. You see that that momentary flash in his eyes, like for for a moment. Oh, and all of you notice that, Sophie. This may be the first time you've ever seen it in him outside of this entire encounter. There is a moment of hesitation, a moment of concern that just briefly flits across his eyes before that stoic, militaristic visage, that confidence, returns. Bjorn, you're up. Right. Oh, go ahead. If you got something to say. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm action time. Um, so first thing I'm going to do is finish adding this. There we go. Oh, that didn't work. Right. Well, um, while he's doing that, am I the only one struggling to hear the boy? He's a little How about now. You, there you go. There, there we go. I had to get it was literally just proximity. Yeah. Yep. Proximity. Um, so first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to cast. Uh, where is it? I want to add something to my weapon here. Crimson right. For let's see, as a oh, that's a bonus action. So I'll actually do that now. As a bonus action, I'm going to imbue a weapon to strike for 1d6 extra damage of my chosen type. On activating the right, I take 1d6 damage. Right damage is magical and lasts while I hold the weapon or until I complete a short-term rest. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and clicky that. Of course, why wouldn't I? Okay, and, and looking at your right is uh, fire damage. There we go. I like that. And so now I'm going to imbue that on the weapon. So what that does, for what it's worth, the wielded weapon, well, I'm attuned to it, gives me mm -hmm. plus two bonus to my attack mm -hmm. and plus two to my damage, I assume, too, because it's an and, not an or. Yeah. All right. So with that, and I'll, oh, actually, I should have asked this question. In my wolf form, am I allowed to slash with the weapon and then with my wolf paw? It's one-handed, I would assume. I'm about to say, I would assume as much, which is spear, if I remember correctly. I'll have to take a look real quick. I believe spears can be used as one-handed weapons. Yeah, cool. I think you get additional damage if they're two-handed. Right. Yep. So, yeah, with that, I can I can swipe and then stab, which would be my, my go-to in this situation. Yeah, which uh, you can also throw it. Just, I mean, I fear you kind of know that being a spear, but it does have the same spear properties in that respect. Fair point. Now, the, yeah, and it is it is a versatile weapon, so you can use it as one or two handed. Cool. All right. So I'm gonna. Yeah, I am. I'm assuming I'm close to him. Am I close? Uh, you to can him? be. He am stands behind the pulpit, which isn't much cover. Like you're not gonna have much in terms of impediment to do anything to him. Okay. So I'm. I'm heading straight for him. And uh, I, first thing I do is I slash at him. Yeah. Which is going to be, where is it? Here we go. 22. That'll hit. Eight damage. Okay. And I... Give a stab at him with the because uh, the, the the this whole time I'm I'm hearing in my head like attack get him I it seeks oh, blood yeah. 
And so now it's like raring to go. So I'm assuming that's going to be like my dagger, for instance, my hit DC is plus seven. Is that my, is the spear going to take on that same type of like plus seven? Should I just like roll for my dagger and then add two to it? You mean your spear? Yeah. You, cause it would be, so your spear roll would be, uh, let me take a look at your character, the sheet. So I make sure I've got yours. Daggers are plus seven. Well, it's a spear. In this one night, you have called it a spear, a dagger, and a sword. <laughs> it, it, it is anywhere. I don't, you want I don't it to have be. like beyond D and D doesn't have blood spear. As no, and which is weird because weapon. that's actually so a, like a curse strat item. Yeah, it is. Uh, in terms of its mechanical functions, it is the same. It is a one d six piercing. One d six piercing. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so it's the one downside of spears being a simple melee weapon. They're not terribly potent in terms of damage, but you will get a plus two to it, plus your uh, crimson right. Okay, so I guess I just add nine to it then to my d20 roll. That's the part I'm trying to figure uh, out. Yeah, I think so. Let me take a look. I'm going to just add a spear to your uh, inventory. I tried to, but it, being beyond 20 wouldn't hold it. Uh, I should be able to do that. I'm actually surprised they don't have blood spears and I did. Like I said, yeah, that is literally an, it's an item from Curse of Strahd. Like it's in the yeah. book. So the fact that it doesn't is there. weird. All right. There. I didn't see the other ones either. Yeah, so your damage is 1d6 plus 1 and then your actions, plus 3. So you have a plus 3 to attack. So if you add your plus 2, it'd be plus 5. And then I don't think you have any other modifiers beyond that, right? Oh, 10. So this spear is garbage. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you may be missing one of the... Oh, well, yeah, there's a couple other things to it. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, you roll a predatory strike? Okay, so 1d20 plus 3s. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah, sorry. Okay. It, and then... So it's got the same hit die as my unarmed strike. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'd say, yeah, you're good just to roll your unarmed strike for stuff moving forward. Well, I'm just saying it's equivalent to, I don't know. If it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So you come through with that slash and you do catch Strahd across the chest. And then you try to go in with that spear to stab him with it. And he is able to parry out of the way. Like almost like he's trying to move at the same time. He's kind of like grasping his body, like his torso. Mm -hmm. So the spear misses, but Strahd is at least impacted by your slash. So out of character, just for the record, I'm kind of like looking at some things with the exception of the hit with melee reduces creature to zero, gets me some temporary hit points back. Yep. This thing is actually the way I'm looking at it. My daggers are better than this thing. I mean, do with it what you will. I didn't realize I didn't know that. Yeah, if all you right. wish to wield your daggers instead, obviously, by all means, your choice, do what you wish. Yeah, no, I'm just making sure that I'm reading this right. This is more like... Yeah, it, mechanically, it just gives you a plus two bonus to attack and damage when you hit with Got the it. weapon. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's that's really my confirmation I was looking for, is making sure I'm yeah. not reading something and forgetting and missing something. No, you are you are reading correctly. All right, cool. That is... And then I don't... I've already used my bonus action to... Oh, that was the other thing. My bonus action gave me a 1d6 whenever I went forward. So, oh, it doesn't matter because it didn't hit. Never mind. Right, as I say, yeah, because if you imbued it on the weapon you're holding, it would be that. Yep. 
All right. So, Rasmus Thomason, what would you wish to do? Mr. Um, Thomason. Will you do me a favor and check your message while I'm moving in? Uh, check your Facebook messages while I'm moving in here. I can. Please stand by. Careful, it could be clones clone. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's going to happen with clones clone. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the first part of this is going to be pretty straightforward. As I'm walking forward, and and no surprise here, I'm not going to finish the expending of this uh, until I get right in front of him because I want to be as far away from Aiden and Sophie as I can be. Um, but I'm going to be like starting to call out basically this, this prayer um, as I'm walking towards Strahd. Mechanically, I'm activating the uh, sunlight version of the Holy Symbol of Ravenkind. So I'm going to spend half of its charges. Um, it's going to start glowing and shedding this bright sunlight. It's in a 30-foot radius um, that lasts for 10 minutes. So basically, if you're within 30 feet of me, it's it's sunlight. Mm -hmm. uh, as as um, Rasmus is walking forward and, and activating this thing, uh, he starts speaking out. And it starts quiet, but it gets louder the longer that he goes. He says he came to the tower to view its master, and he looked upon his court where a scale of decision hung by the throne. And the master, he says kind of sarcastically, because he's looking at Strahd the whole time, never breaking eye contact, sat anointed, speaking this way to direct the people, speaking that way to punish the guilty. The master's stern voice directed to keep the peace, his cold heart governed by reason. And he saw the supplicants brought in, humbled and cowed, free men, still yet their spirits chained, their hearts fearful of reproach so at that point i'm in front of him and the sunlight is activating um i'm also going to use my bonus action to start up spirit guardians which is my yep. new third level spell mm -hmm. so as this next part is happening there's like literal spirits of the dead forming around me in this radiant light he says they saw their hopes and dreams dependent on the master's choice, and some of those brought in had chains on their body, too. They had refused the yoke, and to those he saw the master's pitiless edict. They wept as they were dragged to the door, and so did he. And so he went through the door. Another spirit now raises up behind Rasmus as he says this. And he looked out over the rods and whips, the screws and racks, the chains and shackles, the maiden's casket, the wheel. He smelled the fear in the air, and he saw the blood on the floor. At that line, a very uh, particular visage, because there's now three or four spirit guardians that are swirling around Rasmus. One of them looks very familiar to the rest of the party. He's larger than the others. Um, he has elfin features, and he uh, appears to have a broken neck, like he keeps his neck bent at an angle at all times. But he, from his side, raises up a wooden bow and pulls an arrow and knocks it towards Strahd. I know who that is. Tanner. And Rasmus is now just shouting. He says, and he said, I know my enemy. And he learned all chains could be broken. And at that, the sunlight gleams out throughout the, he finishes casting both of those spells. So, Cody, for what it's worth, mechanically, I don't know what the sunlight does. You'll have to tell me. Um, mm -hmm. But for the spirit guardians, 
if he starts uh, his turn or um, for the first time on his turn that he enters a space within 15 feet of me, he um, has to make a wisdom saving throw. If he fails, he takes 3d8 radiant damage. This is for Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, so the remainder of combat, basically. Those guardians are continuing to swirl around me. Yeah. That's all I have. I'm ending my turn directly in front of him. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, It does not... Mechanically, it does not impact him yet, but your sunlight is going to cause a an amount of radiant damage to him. Very good. Which will also impact another function of his character. In terms of uh, spirit guardians, yeah, it's going to. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do a wisdom saving throw now because you know, you're casting it in the moment. Okay. And it does its job, so give me 3d8 radiant damage. Well, very good. All right. Um, Just checking to make sure that I'm right about this. He's going up. Okay, that's that's another time. I don't have to worry about that. Okay. 3d8. Let's see. Three. I'm going to switch my camera. Oh. Well, that's an eight and a five and a three. So 16. 16 mm-hmm. radiant damage. Yeah. Yep. That's what I got. I like oh. to imagine if if I can, then that that's that damage comes directly from the spirit of red, which indeed it is red, uh knocking that arrow and just letting one loose into him, the spectral arrow that now like as it flies, like it tar- starts ghostly, but it turns radiant and then it just passes right through him. We knew he was dead. That's never been this, proven, dead, except till now. Oh, he's, he just he's, got proven. He's, he's dead, but that doesn't mean that he can't be helpful. Tanner, force <laughs> ghost his way back into the show. Tanner, if you're listening, that's our love for you. He's always a force ghost. You see that knocked radiant arrow pass right through Strahd's chest, and you see just like a, a, a sudden stiffening of his form. Coupled with the sunlight, you, Sophie, you would know specifically what is happening because of awareness of your being like him. For the rest of you, you would see kind of that that scorching smoke lifting from the exposed portions of his body, which is not much with his cloak and his his uh, ornate outfit. It's typically like his neck, his hands right now, but you do start seeing some of that. And for the first time since you have met him, you hear Strahd scream. <laughs> Hell yeah. Rasmus would not react to that other than just to, again, stone-faced. I mean, he is full-on here to fight. So mm-hmm. I'm laughing. Rasmus is not. <laughs> That's, I don't know if I said it. That's the end of my turn. That's yeah, literally absolutely. all I can do. Yeah. Okay. So that brings uh, Zephra up. As the uh, light fills that area, I'll have taken a step or two forward, and I'm going to cast Ray of Frost on Strahd. So he's going to get the heat and the cold at the same time, hopefully. <laughs> okay. Taste the meat, not the heat, Lindsay. God damn it. That's <laughs> uh, a 16. 
Yeah, 16, that is going to hit. Right. We're going to ask Strahd politely but firmly to leave. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now get. And go back to his eight. most convenient parallel dimension. That's uh, going to be another eight damage. Okay. Of cold damage. Okay. Is Do we know if he's vulnerable to either of those hotter codes? He's vulnerable to radiant. The radiant. I know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave it at that for my turn. Okay. So you cast that ray of frost again as he's kind of singeing under this sunlight, which I'm not going to draw on the room, but I assume kind of as you placed it, uh, Rasmus, it's just illuminating that entire uh, altar, like that entire yeah, platform. So, so the sunlight is 30 feet in every direction from me. Because right. it, it's from the shield, it's where the symbol is, and yep. then the spirit guardians are fifteen feet in every direction from me. So you get through one layer, you got to get through the other, the next. Yeah. Wow, just I'm picturing a haunted mansion, like stuff just swirling right? around at all times. Like yes. there's literally just, you are entombed by all yes, of this. Bitch. Yes. <laughs> no, no, it's Zerovich. I'm sorry, oh, Zerovich. <laughs> Zerovich. More like, more like Zera bitch. Oh! <laughs> Is Wayne Brady gonna have to Zera bitch? <laughs> okay, well, now that we've got my favorite Chappelle joke bit out of the way for the night, uh, Sophie, what you gonna do? Uh, Cody, remind me, I have a, a spell or a cantrip called Minor Illusion. What does that do again? Minor Illusion is going to be your best impersonation of Pen and or Teller. Huh. All right. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, you create a sound or an object, like the image of one, within your range, which is thirty feet. That lasts for the length of your spell, which is a minute. Um, like, so you can create a sound. It can be kind of from what direction you wish it to be. You can make an image that kind of takes up a five foot cube. I'm assuming Strahd is not within thirty feet of me, is he? Uh, I mean, with your movement, he could be. How close do I have to be to do it? Join the party. I mean, within 30 feet, so I would say... I can't uh, move myself anymore, so you're going to have to do it for me. God, oh, yeah, let me fix that. I can I move forgot. and I can't move Sophie. <laughs> there you go. Try Sophie now. All right, so each square is five feet, right? Yeah. I've, I've ballooned us up so it's easier to see, but I'd say 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. So yeah, like you would, you'd be able to get... Yeah. All right. Can I cast Minor Illusion at Strahd of just Sophie and Aiden... Their voices taunting him, just continuously taunting him, pointing out how weak he is and how everything's turning against him and how he's not as powerful as he thought he was. Basically, just just attacking his arrogance, attacking his confidence. Oh, you're going for the Pennywise gambit. Yes. This is the- <laughs> calling him a coward. You just berate the enemy until yes. they give up. It, it, it's all about heartbreak warfare. All right. Okay. John well- Mayer. Cue it up. Uh, great song. Great song. Great album, honestly. But yes, you absolutely can do that. I would like to do that. Um, do I have to roll for that, or how does that work? No, it's literally just in action. It's a okay. it's an at will cast. So yeah, you just do the thing. Okay. With as many insults as you're throwing, his just throw all your dice. <laughs> just uh, yeah, <laughs> as a free action, I want to pull out a handful of dice in my pockets and throw them at him. Just throw the I, dice at him. I feel like I want to hand you that other vampire's teeth. So you can make like the world's, it's the world's worst magic missile. I'll let you roll three <laughs> attacks, and I assure you it, it makes no damage. 
I think that's the only thing I can do. I moved and I did that. That's it, right? Yeah, but if you okay. only have your one action, that'd be it. Yeah, that's what I want to do. So Sophie Valmont showing up with pocket dice. <laughs> <laughs> We're all around Aiden right now, poking him with a stick. We're She's like, getting cerebral. Yeah. All right. Aiden. Aiden's bemused by the fact that you're doing this, Sophie. I would, you know, I, I say that I'll give you again a little bit of uh, opinion. What What is Aiden taking to hearing his own voice, even if he may not feel this way right now? Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I I like to think of his like. What is his current state? Is he just kind of in and out, just kind of wobbly, but there? He's there. You get the feeling, or at least he gets the feeling that he's not. He's not feeling good enough to run up and throw hands in this moment. But okay. he is at least more cognizant than he is. He is aware that he is hearing his voice with his mouth not moving in this room. He's gonna. It's kind of like he's on a drug trip. He's gonna laugh about it. Like he he just laughs out loud. Like he like just that anime that. <laughs> like he just laughs loudly because he thinks it's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. It reminds him of something that uh, that she had done when they were younger it brings back a core memory of them messing with their father who trained them in the arts of monster hunting and that she could do that to him that's an unlocked memory (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah and you you feel it strong you feel it kind of surging through you right now uh because he's not feeling fully of control of all of his limbs. He does have that rapier in his hand. He is going to cast Divine Favor, which what that does is it is a prayer that empowers you with divine radiance, and until it ends, the spell, which is one minute, your weapon attacks deal an extra 1d4 damage on a hit. And that goes along with your rapier, which, if you remember correctly, has... Uh... A radiant yeah, component. Yeah. 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 But he does muster enough. And this is something I forgot he even had. I wonder if you even remember that he hasn't. He does have a hand axe left. I was going to ask you if I could straight up Castlevania throw that hand axe at Strahd. He's going to. Yes, that's what I was hoping you yeah. would do. Yeah, because in my head, I'm like, okay, hand axe. The reason we picked that was because that's a sub-weapon from Castlevania, so let's uh-huh. do it. Uh-huh. Let's do it. <laughs> show up. And with a 16, that hits. Yes. Hell yes. So Aiden Valmont, while being across the room, not feeling fully himself and with the damage roll going fairly low he is going to take that hand axe and lob it into the fray and it is going to gash across Strahd's face as it embeds itself into the wall behind him yeah that's a bunch of first round hits that's what I like to see and then in Strahd's no, first turn no he casts one spell that wipes out everybody in one shot <laughs> Shannon, let me talk to you about a little something called Power Word Kill. Uh, I, remember, remember I don't know what it is, but I hate it. Werewolf and a vampire no, hybrid. It is, but I hate it. It's well, a Shannon, spell, and it works exactly like you think it does. Uh-huh. Good it's news, this Shannon. Ver- this oh, go ahead. Yep. 
Good news, Shannon. He's turning into Sephiroth. He's casting Meteor. Ah, shit, I knew it. <laughs> the countdown die has begun. We That's had our right. chance. You will not survive. Make your time. Oh, <laughs> uh, Strahd set you up the bomb. Okay. That's all we got for Aiden right now because I'm sick of making zero wing jokes. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, man. Yeah. Rasmus, all it's five of you, but specifically Rasmus and Bjorn because you're right up on him. You <laughs> notice. Like, you notice that Strahd. <laughs> <laughs> he like straightens himself. He's trying to make his presence a bit more imposing, but you notice a flint of fear in his eyes again, because you sense as he kind of puts his hand toward his face where that hand ax just gashed him and where those claw marks come across his torso. They're not going away. Yes. Yes. And he looks at the two of you and just says loud enough for everybody in the room to hear. I will damn you to hell myself. Enough talk. Have at you. <laughs> Have at you. There you go. <laughs> he is going to cast... Oh, God. It feels so apropos. Unless you apropos is a friendship spell, I'm, I don't want it. <laughs> you all suddenly feel dead. Heat <laughs> coming from above. Like, as if you have been suddenly cast into an oven. Ooh. He points up. Fireball has occurred. No, oh, you're fucking kidding me. Holy shit. As he brings that finger down again to hear you all, he says at the tail end of that last statement that he'll send you all to hell himself. If I must go... We all go. I would like you all to give me a dexterity saving throw. <sighs> no. Oh, bad at that, what I was hoping for. 20. I'm not a boss in this time, Cody. Ugh, Cody, I'll just take my death. That's a six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Will? It's I got 30. a four. A right. fucking four! Got a 17 total. Okay. <laughs> oh, Plus you're going to that one, too. I will make it known for all of you that uh, he's doing the save as well, and because of what Rasmus has done... <laughs> oh, shit. Give me a moment, friends, while I collect some dice. Oh, fuck. He's about to... I think he him. just hurt the shit out of himself. I do too. Yeah, but I think he hurt okay. the shit out of me and Lindsay more. <laughs> Mechanically, I think I think dis I think he gets disadvantage on shit, or he has like 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 ruined defenses because of that sunlight. I think yes. that's what's happening. Yes. Also, Cody, I don't know how you want to run this. So you did it when I first walked into him. Uh at the start of his turn, this turn, he should have 
had to make another wisdom saving throw because it's I his make... turn, not my turn. Right. Yeah. So for the spirit guardians. Uh, so what are they doing to him? As all this is uh, happening. It's another 3d8 uh, radiant damage. So let me switch Hit me the with camera it. back. Oh, good looking out. Bjorn even looks over at Rasmus just in general, like breaking the fourth wall and nods like good looking. <laughs> what good else role. did Red use? He used a, a bow and arrow. He used axes as well, didn't he? He, well, he licked yeah. things too. He licked yes. things a lot. He did lick things a lot. I pulled up his character um, sheet right now as I still have it saved. That's what he's doing. Does he have hand axes? Right I think he's got he, hand axes. He does have hand axes. Okay, in the wake of Aiden doing what he did, I imagine that he, because again, his weapon's just, he's, he's spiritual. He's literally a ghost. He's just kind of dropping in and out. Right. He like pulls one from each, shit, you guys can't see me. He pulls uh -huh. one from each side of his belt, takes them, and just like double hand, overhand throws them toward him. These spectral axes that glow radiant as he throws them. Uh, well, that's not too bad. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, seventeen. Okay. Seventeen radiant damage. That seven and that three keep dropping. I ain't mad at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't love the three, but I'll take a seven. I got I an eight the first it. time. Well, I'll give you uh just just for fun. This is we're, we're you know a little bit casual about this. Strahd's hit the goddamn sex HP. <laughs> uh, that's good. Good for him. Let's take more of those. All right. So the way fireball works, mind you, is it is a 20 foot radius sphere centered on a point. Which... In order to take care of of the biggest issues at hand, Strahd is going to cast it uh, right here in that area I kind of dropped. So at least currently, Sophie and Aiden are spared from it because he wants to make sure he gets Bjorn, Rasmus, and Zephra. So I need, uh, let's see, Bjorn, you saved. Zephra, you failed. Uh, Rasmus, what was yours saving through? 17. 17? 15 okay. plus 2. Yeah. Okay, so both of you will save as well. Or both of you save. So Zephra, you will take a full 24 damage. Jeez. Uh, the two of you are going to take 12. Okay. <laughs> Damn, Who? that hurt. 12? Cool. Ouch. All right. I got y'all. I believe in it. You are holy, man. Come on, so man. You get max point, healing from me. Yeah. Oh, which, no, I wrote that shit down. <laughs> which, Rasmus, I'm going to need you to give me a, a wisdom save or whatever your save would be for concentration for that spell. Oh, you get advantage okay. on that, too. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't. I don't know what I rolled. It's been a while since I've had to ask you guys to save concentration on anything. Is it? Is it con? It's not con, is it? Let's see. That's constitution, isn't it? <laughs> right. That's what I'm trying to actually remember. Right. In it terms is, but of that's, like, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if that's what you roll to make a to keep uh, from breaking your concentration. Did I break your concentration? Uh, let's see. Taking damage. Okay. Ooh. 
I think it is a con save. It is a con save with the DC equaling 10 or half the damage you take, whichever is higher. Okay. So I have then a total of a 13. Okay. So because of your halved damage, you do succeed. So Spirit Guardians does stay in effect. Yeah, I don't want that going away anytime soon. So he has cast his fireball, uh, including hitting himself. Like you hear the scream as he is doing anything in his power to to rid himself of you all. And I will also note that you all are getting a very familiar feeling because some of oh, these shoes have caught fire. Of course. Oh no. Now, because of this being, and I'll just kind of give you all the drop, because of this being a stone and earthen castle, it's seemingly of less concern, but you do all need to deal with the fact that there is fire on the battlefield now. Yeah. But don't forget, Srod, in his ear, it's constantly just, you a little bitch, you little bitch boy, ain't you? You little bitch, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> little bitch ass vampire. <laughs> Bitch ass bitch. bitch. I'll say it's just the end of Roses by Outcast. Old oh, punk ass, ass bitch. Dumb ass bitch. A bitch's bitch. Just a bitch. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, we've gotten that out of the way. Had to get that out of my system. Thanks, guys. You can't you can't evoke that in me not have it in my head for the rest of the fucking night. Uh okay. So Strahd has taken his action. And I believe. That is what we are going to do for the time being. So. Why does uh, the top fire look like a praying mantis? uh, Because, oh, no, excuse me. He is going to do one more thing. Of course. Yep. He is going to. He's going to step forward and slash back at Bjorn. Oh, shit. I say step four mechanically. You guys are kind of up on each other because you would have to do the same. So I'm going to do this. Bjorn, what is your AC 15? Does your AC increase with your beast form? I do not believe so. I didn't think it did. Hold on. Hybrid form. No, you just have reads. Oh, no, you gain a plus one bonus. Okay. Yeah, while you're not wearing heavy armor, you gain a plus one bonus, and I think you're carrying... Yeah, I just wear light armor anyway. Yeah, so... Uh, In all the madness, he just yells, You! And just throws his hand out to claw at your chest. And it's as if he catches fur, but not flesh. Boots with the fur. That's defensive wolf. Boots with the fur. A defensive wolf. <laughs> All right. Well, I know. I know. I'm yep. on it. Okay. That dog, you be bobbing and weaving. Yeah, he rolled. He rolled poorly there. So we go back to the top, or well, to the next contestant. The prices right, it's Bjorn. And as he as he like swings at me, and he just kind of catches the fur, I just kind of uppercut at him with my left paw. Claws outstretched. And it's like, it goes something like this. Fudge. 11. Something like that. He goes like, fuck. Uh, Yeah, that will not hit. 
Yeah. It was on 14 for a second, and then was like, no. Teetered. Um, yeah. So next, I guess I'm coming at him with the uh, spear, slashing at him. Okay. 19. Actually, yeah, that's going to hit. 21. Yeah. And then it's a 1D, 6 plus 1, plus... A 1d6. Yeah, for fire. So you take 1d6 fire damage is 1d6 plus 2 because of the damage bonus. Or bonus, so. Yeah, bonus. 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 So, 9. 9. Yep. And then the fire one coming at you. Where's my 1d6? Hold on. Here it comes. Here it comes. I promise. Here comes the boom. Okay. Five uh, fire damage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There it is. So he feels every bit of that. You see as you kind of pierce through him. That spear embeds, and you just hear this maniacal. <laughs> from Kavan as you pierce that flesh and pull back and you see like a singe almost almost as if the flesh is dying like a necrotic scorch in his side where you stab him with that I think that's all of the uh, tricks I had with the two action yeah two attacks per action Uh, and I have a bonus action yeah Bonus on a move. Yep. yep. And see, there's that. That's crimson right. Hold on, I got. Well, your bonus action. action would have been your strike, right? Your second strike, or no? Because you have two actions. I got two actions. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I can invoke a blood curse two times for us. All right. Let's see. Blood maledict. Before it affects the target, you can choose an amplified curse. An amplified curse gains additional blah blah blah. Um. Amplifying a curse causes you to take 1d6 points of necrotic damage. Creatures that don't have blood in their bodies are immune to blood. Oh, does he have blood in his body? Not his. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. That's where the blood is supposed to be. He's got internal bleeding, but it's all right. So a creature that doesn't have blood in their body. So he would be immune to me in my blood curses then. Correct. He just drinks it. He doesn't have it. (laughs) Unless the curse has been amplified, which that means I can amplify a curse. 1d6. So, oh, that means I can amplify the curse and then I can put it on him. So something like, but what is my actual curse then? It's been a while since I added one. Sorry, out out of character. I'm trying to figure out what my blood curse is. I thought it was going to be Canivo. Uh, yeah. I can't. Who no, are you? Where's Obi and Dre? <laughs> God damn it! I'm sick of this group. <laughs> I'm to go solo and make some loot. I told y'all, I wrote, wrote all, wrote all raps. the raps. Till con artist slip me some crack. Me some crack. <laughs> oh, lose yourself video. Lose yourself video. Where were you? I was in the back. What about the Raven Loft? Where were you? I was in the back. <laughs> in the back. 
<laughs> oh, here we go. Brand of Castignation. Once per shorter term rest, whenever you damage a creature with a weapon that has an active right, which is what this one has because of the right. fire, you can sear an arcane brand into that creature. Your brand has the following effects. You always know the direction to which the branded creature, the direction to the branded cre creature as long as they're in the same plane as me. And each time the branded creature deals damage to you or another creature, you can see within five feet of me, the branded creature takes two psychotic, psych, psychic damage. <laughs> psychotic damage! <laughs> well. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to do that with that last. I'm going to hit him with some psychotic damage yeah. in his next, like, if he hits me. So there it is. Yeah, so um, your your brand is on his side, like as you pierce him with Kavan's spear, and again that like necrotic piercing location is kind of just expands into whatever you make it to be that just is embedded in his flesh. Yep. And at that moment I kind of like before I move move or do anything else, like in my last move, I'm just telling him or saying to him, pointing at this brand, as you take like as you attempt to take ownership of those around you. We take ownership of you. And then that's going to be my move. Through his cough, because you could tell he, he is becoming quite wounded. <laughs> I can do wicked things like that, too. He is going to expel a legendary action to unarmed strike you. Oh, shit. What a dick. Let's see, like that is going to... It's going to hurt. That is going to hit, because it is an 18 against your AC. Been good knowing y'all. It was fun. No, it wasn't. You'd be fine. Or, well, I say 18. It was an 18, so plus his modifier it well exceeds. So... If Zephyr could survive, where, so can you. Where is my <laughs> time? It's legendary. All right, so you no, are going to take ability to hit. you take ten slashing damage. Uh and ten necrotic damage. Fuck. Okay, so for the slashing damage, doesn't my hide break that in half? I believe it does. Let's take I a look. Resilient hide. You have resistance. Yeah. To slashing yep. from non-magical yep. attacks, not made with silvered weapons. Yes, and this 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 is just like the claws on his hand. So yes. Okay, so I'm resistant, so that means he didn't hit me with the ten then. Resistant half of it. Perhaps so it'd be half five. Got it. Yeah, so I'm so at, you have I'm at five slashing damage, but you still take the ten necrotic. Yep. Cool. Cody, what does necrotic damage do? Rotting. In some permutations, it means you can't like heal it immediately. Like it, it essentially prevents things from happening. Yeah. Dead in okay. the flesh. So interesting situation. <laughs> I just hit 25, which means if I start my turn with 29 hit points or less, I must succeed on a wisdom saving throw, which we've got advantage on. Yes. Or move forward to the nearest creature and use the attack. So I got a little bit, I'm getting a little bit slap happy, teeth happy. Um, okay. If you're concentrating on a spell or a, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. If I have an extra attack, you choose whether to use it. Okay, yeah. So, needless to say, in my next move, if any of y'all are around me, yomp yomp. <laughs> well, I'm not, and I won't be now. Thank you. 
That's it, it, in that blow. I just turn to him and go, "Stay away," and, and they can infer the rest. And I, okay. I like to think he goes yomp yomp when he does it. Yeah, yomp yomp, yomp yomp. <laughs> yomp, yomp. Yeah, All there right. it is, yomp yomp. Is it, is it me? Uh, it is you. All right. Well, now you don't have to worry about that. So I'm gonna cast mass healing word. What? So ev- everybody who just got, I think I can. How many creatures can I pick? Up I mean, to six. Get, oh. I don't think anybody else is hurt, but if anybody is hurt out of all of us, um, you get 13 oh. hit points back right now. But that including, full health, all right? Including myself. Okay. Oh, wait, but wasn't there a full health thing? So you, you, what you're getting, I don't have to roll the healing. You get the maximum you amount the of healing full, okay. I could give I need, you. I need so, which means I you get 13 out. hit points back. Yeah, instead of me having to roll 1d4 plus 9, you just get 30. You just get it. Yeah. All right. In wow. that moment, yeah. you see my hunger kind of satiate with... Yeah. that's it's, <laughs> I, I hit you with the Natasha and the Bruce Banner. Hey, sun's getting real low, big guy. Let's calm down. <laughs> um, okay. You okay. Nose and I just wink at you. How bad, then, uh, is anybody else? In ter- I, I'm back to full health. I had only taken 12, I think. I'm good. I'm like a Bjorn. quarter down. I'm okay. I can. I'm. I'm at. I'm still twenty down. I'm at thirty-eight. So I, I only right. say the number because twenty-nine matters. All right. Then yeah. I'm going to um, expend the rest of my turn by. You said you're twenty down, and you're how many down, Zephra? I'm down eleven. All right. Well, then, um, Bjorn, I'll give you nineteen of those back because I need the other eleven to finish out what I got left on my preserve life. Right. So you guys get the Bjorn's rest of your hit points like, back, save for one. Strains back up, shakes his head, sweat moves about like he just kind of came out of a shower. Okay, and that's that's all I got. I can't actively attack this turn or anything like that. But he's still within range of my shit because he's not moving. So doesn't your arrow or radiant do arrow do, doesn't red do something? No, the spirit guardians is at the start of his turn when he that starts radiant. his turn in the range of it, or if he comes into it in the range okay. in his turn. So I was trying to remember what the radiant and the yep. two circles. No, it's his turn. Around. His turn, not mine. The sunlight is just making him weak. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm just I'm just holding my ground, basically like I'm looking dead on at him while I'm actively healing the you know the folks around me expending yeah. that that's all i can do that's all you can do in well, this opportunity he will use his second legendary action at the end of your turn to move uh-oh. motherfucker so he's trying to get out of that sunlight and he has his and full he's gonna actively feet. wait until i move isn't he or until mm-hmm. i end my turn yeah son of a bitch you son of a bitch so he is going to move currently away from the sunlight and the Spirit Guardians. You said that's 15 feet, correct? Spirit Guardians is 15. 15 sunlight yep. is 30. And just to make sure I'm not missing anything, there's not a like attack of opportunity tied to those, I don't think. Did you just disengage? Or... Well, I was going to say, he did. He disengaged from both of us. Yeah, that's a double disadvantage. A double disadvantage? Well, it's okay, because the legendary also, action says that he can move up to his speed without provoking opportunity attacks. Oh, what a dick. So, yeah. Uh, he um, is down 10 of his speed for my Ray of Frost earlier, also. I forgot to How long does that, that last? Uh-oh. Uh, oh, come on. It is, I believe it's the beginning of my turn. Yeah, until the start of my turn. 
which has not happened yet. Yeah, I'll say because you're next up. <laughs> or well, you're yeah. Yeah. Slow him down. Put him in front so, of Wolfie. So five, ten, and actually, if I remember right, I think because Rasmus of something you've done, he is impeded by movement. Yeah, yeah. his speed is halved in the area of Spirit Guardians. And I was talking shit to him. Oh shit! So Damn, he goes from fifteen, ten. He can move five feet. So Bjorn, he squares up on you. He is desperately trying to get away. Holy shit. Also, I'm uh, glad you caught that because I didn't. As a treat to everybody, I'm posting in the chat now while we've been doing this. I asked Canva's AI to make oh, all of no. our characters. Oh, no. So here's here's what the AI came up with. It's mine. Can Pretty you tell good, which man. one's red? <laughs> yes, I can. It's the first thing I noticed. <laughs> I mean, these are these are actually pretty badass. Yeah, like, I, oh, like them. I like them. I like them a lot. That's funny. Okay, very cool. <laughs> I like oh, reds especially. <laughs> <laughs> I defy you to tell me that reds is literally not a screenshot from Castlevania Rondo of Blood before right. he bursts out. <laughs> <laughs> literally, what a fucking or no, that's Super Castlevania Four when the headstone <laughs> shatters in the opening. Oh fuck, that's funny. Okay, yeah. So both all of you have impeded his ability to escape using a legendary action for that. So Zephra, you're up. Straight on him again. Ray Frost on him again? Yes. Alright, throw them uh throw them math rocks. Oh, that's a twenty, which put me at twenty-four. Did she say no. ha-hoo? Like fucking I mean, screw the deck? She went ha hoo. That that is a crit. <laughs> so we had been doing. How do we determine crit? It was max damage plus modifier. I mean, uh, if I, if we did it the way we did it in Star Wars, it was just the maximum amount of max, damage you could okay, do. Max yeah. damage so, would be sixteen because it's two d eight. Right. I'm kind of divorcing my brain from uh, Wednesday night D and D, where we have a house rule for that. Okay, so sixteen. Yeah, yeah that'd be sixteen damage. All right. So it is done, so it shall be. And because it's and Ray of Frost, he's again impeded 10 impeded feet. Impeded until my turn. Hell yes. yeah. Yeah. Hell so, yeah. Just want to double check, he's in the, the radius right now. Purely right? if you will let mm -hmm. me do it, Cody, since I have not moved. Okay. Can I by chance use my movement to take my cloak off and try to start smothering that fire beside me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I would like to do. Okay. Is to try oh to start the, the fire that's uh, between me and, and Bjorn, I'd like to try and start getting rid of if I can. <laughs> yeah. You kind of start tamping it down. Like as you kind of beat it back with your cloak, it, it gets uh, muffled, muffled a bit. Like it gets dampened down. It's going to be smoldering a bit, but you have effectively ended the fire threat in that situation. Okay. And that's going to be my turn then. Okay. How, uh, Cody, how long is one minute in game? How many rolls is that? 10 rounds. 10 rounds. Ah, damn it. I don't think this is going to last 10 rounds. I had a great idea, but, uh, from the way things are going, I don't think it's going to last that long. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway, because if it does last longer, then, um, cool. Ah, damn it. Damn, why didn't I do this from the beginning? Because you're being indecisive. All right. So I'll tell you what I was going to do because I'm not going to do it because I think it would take too long and it wouldn't work. I was going to reanimate the body of that guy that he bragged about earlier and have oh, him help shit. us attack him. But I I just don't see a minute lasting one way or the other, whether he kills us or we kill him. So I think that would be a waste. But damn, that would have been cool. I hate myself. Instead, 
Uh, I'm going to use... Uh, Cody, I'm just going to throw a firebolt at him. Okay. And uh, scream out something about... Uh, about our, we want our freedom or this ends now. Whatever would get us in a Michael Bay film. Here we go. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a 14. A 14 does not hit. Yeah. Well, she should have yelled the right thing. She yelled the wrong thing. Damn shame. Damn shame. And then uh, going to move up here for no reason. <laughs> That's it for me. Okay. And that's going to bring about Aiden. Am I moving Aiden or are you moving Aiden? What do you want to do with Aiden? Well, he threw his hand axe, so he doesn't have that anymore, right? He had two, so right. it shows he, he would have one left. Let's do it again. He smirks as he realizes he has a second one. He's still kind of out of it. He feels to his other side, feels the other axe, and he smiles to himself. And then, uh, do you want me to? Do you want me to do it? You want to do it? What are you doing? Yeah, go ahead and do it. All right, he's tossing that hand axe, and it's an eight. <laughs> so he throws it and he hits Bjorn with it, killing him <laughs> instantly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it happens. Of course, it'd be a fucking silver hatchet. <laughs> it's a fucking shame. Perfectly placed. God damn it! I should have left that one at home. Hey, he's still out no, of it. He goes to throw it and he misses as he stumbles. Yeah. yeah. You th you throw it and it just buries the head of that hand axe into the uh, front of that pulpit, like the facade on front. It'll get better, guys. He's out of it right now. Give him some time. Yeah. Uh, but he is also, he sees Sophie move, so he's going to stumble her way and stay close to her because they are twins, probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> What were we introduce at this point? <laughs> What's that, the brother exactly. and sister? They could, they could be, they could be twins. It's true. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> God, I love that. And that's uh, it. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He is going to Strahd. Yes, Strahd. He's gonna, he's gonna deal with my spirit guardians. First. Uh huh. Go ahead. Because was it a wisdom save? Yeah. Wisdom save with disadvantage if memory serves correct. Yes. Let me pull up his modifiers. Make sure I've got that wisdom save. That is a dirty 20. <clears throat> Gross. I don't know what to save. I don't know what he has to save against. Oh, my yeah. my spell save point. condition? Yeah, I was just doing a straight up saving throw wisdom. So. Okay. Um, your spell. Yeah, sorry. If my my save DC says fifteen, I don't 15, know. Fifteen, so it would yeah, it would exceed that then. So it'd be that the, is what's on that. Yeah, I made another version. So on a failed so save, so on a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage. Okay, so okay, so he he does still take damage. He just takes yeah. Damage. So you'll roll up your three d eight. We'll split it. That's what I was checking on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I couldn't remember if that was indeed still the case. Yeah. Yeah. So red might not get him dead on with an arrow this time, but he clips him anyway. And that's a good roll. Uh, eight and six is 14. Five is another 19. So nine. Yeah. Because you round down, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Still nine. Still nine radiant. Yes, it is. All right. Now, <laughs> I'd say you may go now. 
Uh, thank you. Now thank take you. your leave. <laughs> now take your leave. Strahd, and he is barely hanging on. He is almost like having to put down a hand to brace himself to look at you, Rasmus. And he just reaches out that other hand. And you feel necromantic energy, like this necrotic feeling just start to wash over you. You feel like the, the, the moisture in your skin start to dry up. Give me a constitution saving throw. All right. Just why he does that? 18 plus uh, 1. That's a 19. Okay. Yeah, what Sorry, were you saying? Does, yeah, while he does that, um, my my thing gives him a... Didn't he get hit with 2 for my blood maledict here? Blood maledict. Let's yeah. take a look in a book. Take a oh, look. Oh, no. no that's in a book. Never mind. Yeah. A reading rainbow. Oh, here it is. Amplified curse. Take 1d6. I did that. Yeah, if it deals a damage to you or another creature within five feet of you. Yeah. So, yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, so he'll take two. That's why I am taking some damage. Yep. You are going to take. Excuse me while I gather some dice. Excuse me while he whips that out. That's <laughs> Please don't whip it out. You are going to take. Oh, let me. Sorry. Add that. Sorry, math is hard. You're good. I'm just sitting on go. 35. All right. Did you say so, 35? Yeah, but it's divided by two. Oh, so he has, he, he has cast Blight on you. Okay. Yeah, so oh, 17. Oh, 17. How much? Yeah, you take 17 necrotic damage. Okay. And I just want to note, too, I ain't hear no bell. Um... It wasn't a blood maledict. It was my brand. So I just wanted right, yes. to know um, at the moment that he went to like send that at uh, Rasmus, like my brand like boiled up, like it got real red. Mm -hmm. And he feels it at his side as he kind of extends that hand out. It just scorches on that side. It's kind of like when we're teaching him how to quit smoking, like with <laughs> counterbalance. How to quit smoking. How, how to quit casting. He's if anything, I want him smoking more. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he straightens up. People. We're going to make he, him a pacifist by the end of this. He straightens up, and with that hand that was on his side, kind of feeling that brand, he again swipes across at you, Bjorn. <clears throat> Swiping at a first. And all he, because it's... He is not the mighty man that he was. He swipes at you and again catches a tuft of fur in his nails, but nothing in the arms of flesh. And he will use whatever he can. He is still trying to get away 
from the sunlight. So he moves another five feet. It's almost as if he's kind of like put himself against the wall and is trying to shuffle almost like he's trying to embed himself into the wall. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do my double move here. My double attack as he's trying to get past. I, I block him. Um, with my uh, my dual action attack, which is going to be starting out with my swipe. Eight. Doesn't. And that's a yeah, he definitely won't do it. Clean one, too, unfortunately. And then now this one's going to come at him. I'm going to I'm I'm coming at him with the spear. Okay. From the right side. And this will be a technically, whatever this is, plus two. Thirteen. Thirteen nope. also won't hit. So you are trying everything you can with what visage of, well, vitality he has left. I wouldn't call it life. But he is able to avoid both of your attacks narrowly. And that brings up Erasmus Thomason. Cody, I don't see anything that says I can't cast Healing Word on myself. A creature of your choice that you can see within range? Yeah. Okay. I don't see a reason why I wouldn't be able to. Okay, so I'm going to upcast Healing Word as a bonus action at level 2. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm getting the full benefits of that, benefits of that that gives me 16 hit points back. Mm-hmm. So I'm back up almost to full. One shy. And then I'm also going to upcast at level two um, Guiding Bolt at him. Okay. I aim to end this very soon and very quickly. And in doing so, sorry, um, I want to move in on him too. I'm going to move right to here. Not adjacent to him, but I yep. want him pinned up against that wall at okay. the back of that pulpit. Um. Okay, yeah, basically I'm just drawing on all that residual radiant energy from the Guardians, from the sunlight, basically to reinvigorate myself. And uh, I want a good one for this. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Noises, it's late, I'm tired. That is, oh shit, I can't see it. That is a nine plus seven, I think. Let me look. Yeah, 9 plus 7, it's a 16. Okay. That's a hit. Okay. Don't, don't pick oh, up I'm your dice. Just, I want to, though. Okay. I really want to. <laughs> don't pick it's, up your dice. But it's I want 5D6 to. Radiant, it's 5d6 radiant damage. Uh, there's more ones in there than I want, but it's... Uh, 16. (laughs) So that guiding bolt radiant as it is, how do you, how do you picture its cast? Describe for me what it's like as you send it out. So as uh, he and Bjorn are basically scrapping at each other, trying to hit each other and, and, and missing Mm -hmm. um, this whole time, Rasmus has been like stalking up those steps. This is maybe as, not serious as anybody's ever seen him, but like stoic, like not emotionless, just just 
fully locked in. Uh, Guardian swirling around him, sunlight beaming from his shield. He reaches over and, uh, like Kaz described earlier, with his free hand, starts like beating on his chest, almost like he's trying to get his heart going again after that that necrotic damage came over him. Um, and then literally just like reaches up with his free hand with that mace. Well, it's not his free hand. He's got his mace in it. Um, with that behind him, the guardians that are swirling around him kind of like start to coalesce into that mace. And then he almost like a wand, like sends it forward and expels like a bright bolt of, of like glimmering sunlight out of it directly at Strahd. Okay. He shouts like as he does. So you cast that guiding bolt out of your mace and it is as if it takes on a physical form. It hits Strahd in the chest and you see him embed into the stone wall behind him. Like splayed out on the wall. <laughs> There's that fear. He looks at the two of you and he kind of surveys the room, not being able to move his head. <laughs> <laughs> you see bl like what well, I would picture to be blood but like black bile coming out of his mouth as he as you see him try to bring his arms in Sophie you would know based upon um, your being a vampire spawn or being you know in, impacted by this that he's trying to turn into mist and escape. And he can't. So I, I've still got that spell going that's taunting him. And she says exactly that, like in his ear, just whispers trying to get away. I don't think it's going to work this time. This he is the end. He continues that coughing. Is that <laughs> Tatiana? <clears throat> Not in this lifetime. <laughs> For the five of you that are in this room, it suddenly goes dark and silent. You cannot see each other. You don't feel like you're in the place that you were. It's as if you've been taken out of this plane and placed in a holding place. The last few weeks surge through your mind. The attack on Yester Hill the battle in Velaki, the people who looked in the stocks as, as forlorn and lost, going to the church and dealing with the vampire spawn in the basement, <clears throat> meeting Irina and her brother, burying her father, Count Lagroff's house, it's as all of it plays in reverse. And you hear a voice. One that initially introduced you 
to the Wizard of Wines and the Blue Water Inn. The voice of Erwin Mardikov is heard in all of your heads. Again, all you... You don't see and hear anything in the physical sense. Thank you. We have only heard of... of this happening. We know not what comes next. I know not what will be. But I bid you farewell. You may return from whence you came. So, as that sentence ends, all five of you get this, again, this vision in your head of a sunrise starting to break through the mist in Barovia. The pallid, forlorn faces of the citizens of Falaki of Barovia, the Vistani encampment, Ismark Kolyanovich feel warmth on their skin for the first time that any of them can recall. The mist that covered the woods and the land recedes. After a moment of taking in this pleasant image, you yet hear a chuckle from one you just spoke to. <laughs> Fortunate for you, I sold you short, and thus this life ends. But Barovia is still mine. But you are not. <laughs> All of you appear where you last were before you enter the mist. I'll start with Shannon, Aiden, and Sophie. Oh, well, they entered the mist at separate times. Um, mm -hmm. So how would that work? It takes a little bit of time, maybe even a couple of days. But wherever you both entered, you return. You feel your neck. The punctures aren't there. And you, Aiden, feel your wits about you. You know you are a monster hunter that has, with vast assistance at moments, and with the help of a sister, freed yourself from what you feared you would become. So he, when he realizes his wits are about him and he gets he, the memories of these things are going through his head, the first things he, he does is he reaches to his side to feel for his whip. And I'm assuming the whip is there. The whip is there. And he goes, thank, thank the gods. Then he thinks about it for a second. He thinks about all the vampires and all of the monsters and all of the, the, the consorts and concubines that were in the castle. And he feels down to his crotch area and goes, 
Oh, thank God. <laughs> While Failing Sophie, point. Sophie, who is there with him, sees this and slaps him in the back of his head. And uh, he turns around, sees her, and they just kind of laugh and hug each other. And that's it. They hug and and we'll move on to the next person. That's his happy ending. I will note that as you have that happy ending, again, you all heard this as you were expelled from the land. The final voice implies to you that the domain you left is in perpetuity as it was when you arrived. Freedom is fleeting. But at least for a moment, you gained your freedom and did what you could to free those with whom you worked, with whom you resided. So I'm assuming the implication is that this is just never ending. Like they got out, but what was still remains the same. Then, yes. then Sophie and Aiden would look at each other and realizing this, hearing this voice, Sophie would kind of look at him with a, uh, after they hug with almost a sad expression, but slightly hopeful and look towards the mist and say one more round. And he kind of smirks at her and nods and grabs his whip. And that's where I'll leave it. The implication being that knowing that this will continue, that they're not leaving until they stop this evil forever. Okay. They are monster hunters after all. Bjorn, you specifically, as you're in this darkness, you hear all these voices. The spear speaks to you one more time. You don't feel it in your hands, but you know that even not being able to see or hear in this darkness, that it's it's still connected to you. Kavan says, <laughs> I have not felt that liberated in centuries. Thank you for allowing me to expel some revenge. The blood of Strahd was sweet. I do hope, despite his offers, that he or none like them persuade you to embrace the fullness of your form. Beware of your own darkness. Farewell. So with that, I presume, like, Bjorn's kind of going back to where he was before he stepped into the mist. Okay. Right. And is there any likelihood of that having the spear steel as some husk of what once was, like a in-my-hand steel? Kavan not being there necessarily, but the physicality of it? You have a... It's almost a like a whittled wooden spear. Like, yeah. it doesn't have an actual, like, metal or uh, stone tip, but it is Perfect. a spear carved of wood. Yeah. I presume it's also kind of beaten and bruised. Oh, yeah. Uh, not great. Okay. So, as a juxtaposition to where um, Sophie and, them and, uh, and Aiden went, Bjorn ends up back at what you see as kind of his village, where, like, on the edge of Swamp in that particular area. Apologies, I forget the region. Mm. We have a different name for it in our <laughs> group. So, he walks in. You don't really see anybody, anything like that. Um, it's kind of like dusk. He 
starts head toward the biggest kind of like, and it's fairly primitive kind of area. It's not necessarily like urban or anything. It's mostly pretty like uh, leather uh, walls and things of that nature. And he steps into one and he sits, he, he walks up to the corner or up to the edge above a, like a mantle-esque area. And he puts the spear on the wall amongst a, tr- a handle of other artifacts he's gained along the way. And still no one really around. It's just this area. And it's kind of disheveled, not necessarily well kept up. And you see him kind of step back, take a seat, kind of reach over and pour himself a drink. And the last you kind of see of him is him kind of like thumbing this, what looks to be like a blanket. Uh, it's been handmade. And on a coast, uh, uh, on the edge of it, you can see kind of like what looks like people, like just artistic pieces of people. And it's just a series of them, what would be kind of a local tribe or what have you. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, you kind of see this kind of, there's three of them, uh, you know, in different sizes with one being the smallest. And he's just kind of like thumbing at that as if he's reliving a memory and it just fades away with no one else around. Zephra. He's gone back to the same as what he had before, which was nothing left. Nothing oh. left, but. Yeah. At, le- at least sorry. a, uh, a memory. Sorry, I want to add Happy one more piece to it. All around. Yeah. <laughs> He started, I want to add one more piece to it as it was kind of fading. He had his, uh, as the camera fades away, there's a book to his right that's just, you can't really tell what it is, but it's sitting on top of another book that happened to have like a bat imprint on it, as if it's like a guidebook or something. And uh, as, the, as you're lifting away, you can tell that a different book has been set over the top. Okay. Fade out. Zephyr, you've got a mighty tale to tell, it seems. <laughs> uh, she finds herself outside of a port town that she actually has pretty good reputation at. And she kind of looks up at the sky for a moment and goes back to check her pack and pulls out uh, her journal that would have been in there and just kind of double checks that her notes actually are there to confirm to herself this actually did happen. And she makes her way into the town and probably to find an inn or a tavern to sit down and continue writing out her notes of the adventure that happened before they fade too much. And we'll continue on her way to take back her patron, his uh, tale of the macabre as requested. Well, fast forward a little bit uh, just to uh, you presenting this story to your patron. Who? Um, yeah. How, how do you? How do you? Uh, how do you feel having told this tale to your patron? That I would pass it on as a warning that there's truth in all fiction, and those searching for the would-be Strahd and his curse to not go there. He seems transfixed, and just tell me again. About these mists. And I would recount the tale again for him. Yep. Rasmus, your return, you not knowing it, would take a little longer than the rest. Okay. You, in the darkness, have a sudden appearance of this 
that sunlight that was cast from the holy symbol of Ravenkind. And you hear a voice. Well done. Your faith. Steadfast. Resolute. In the face of utmost darkness. Helpful to those in need. The martyred. The victim. Rasmus Thomason. I delight in your well-doing to others. While I could not hear you at all times in that barren land, one named Lathander, the Morning Lord, one of renewal and vitality, continues to exist to combat the mists and the darkness that exist in the dreadful plain. Your service may be impermanent for now, but your assistance is indispensable. Your service is well done. Where do you arrive and what do you do next? I feel like like just before he, he so this is kind of like a come to like almost coming out of a dream like yes. state, right? So I feel like just before he does come to, Rasmus would like try to say something. And it's that thing in a dream where you try to talk, but there's like you can't force voice to come out of your throat, like any sounds to come out. Mm-hmm. Um and so as soon as he does make a sound, he actually like wakes up. Um before I, I tell you this, has any time passed since I left where I was before? Do I do I know would I be able to discern this? Not immediately. I would certainly say the season has not changed. You okay. feel as if you have if you have been gone, it has not been a lengthy amount of time. Okay. Um. So, although Rasmus didn't leave while he was in bed, I, I stylistically, I think coming out of what you just described, he um cinematically like he literally sits up in bed and gasps like it was like it was a dream mm-hmm. or a nightmare. Um, takes a deep breath, looks around. He's back in his um, his place in the in the monastery of Ilmater in the in Sundabar. Um, looks around. It takes a minute for him to realize this is the case. He literally kind of like pats the the space around him. Um, again, takes a few deep breaths. Looks around, sees his shield is propped up against the wall off to the side with his armor, which is all set up properly the way it's it's normally is. Very rarely worn, um, but upon closer inspection there's a um the the symbol of ravenkind is gone from the front where the hands of ilmater were um but somehow in the cord that hangs from the wrists of the hands of the symbol of ilmater there is uh not just a red cord now there's a black feather tied to the end of it um he didn't put it there and he has no idea how it got there it's just there now so with that knowledge, Rasmus moves uh, about the room. He goes over to a small like uh, nightside or nightstand, like bedside table. Opens a drawer. There's not much in there, but there is like a sheaf of of um, some kind of parchment paper. Mm. Um, the back of which has the the imprint of uh, lips. He opens it up and starts thumbing through it. We pull in on the text, and it's clearly like a woman's script. Um, the the name May is written at the end, M-A-E, the woman that he mentioned a long time ago. <clears throat> and 
as he's uh, holding it, there's a quick glance at, at his face where you see his eyebrows kind of knit together and he unfolds a bottom portion of the letter that he didn't know was there before. And it says, P.S. By the light of the moon, I'll see you soon. And light, moon, and sea are underlined. C is spelled S-E-A, not S-E-E. The next time we pull out from that parchment, he's not in his room anymore. He's holding it standing in front of, and you can hear like seagulls and pelicans and other uh, like water-faring birds, um, like sprays of ocean mist are coming up over a, a bridge. He's standing in front of a uh, a welcoming sign that says, Welcome to Sea Light Landing. The moon sea is out in the distance. Rasmus is uh, dressed not fully in his chainmail, but in his in his traveling gear, something he didn't normally do. Backpack on, uh, he's got like a quarter staff that he's he's walking along with. He folds the letter again, puts it into his his backpack. Um, we see him walking through the mist of town. He enters uh, a, a squat kind of uh, brick building. Um, inside, you can hear like the scuffle of people moving about, and he flips a coin to someone, but it's not a tavern. Um, in fact, after he passes that initial coin off, he pulls out a larger purse of them and sets them down on a table where another piece of parchment is passed to him. He takes a, a quill from a, a, an ink pot he writes on it, uh, on another piece of, of parchment. Um, a minute later, Rasmus, and all of this is shown like over his shoulder, is standing in front of a set of iron bars. Uh, and the camera goes in over his shoulder to see that there is a, a dark-haired halfling woman laying on the like cot that's provided in this cell. She's facing the wall, like the stone wall, a far away from him. Um, and Rasmus starts to speak and then doesn't. Instead, he just runs like the the chain of his gloves across, or the the metal of his gloves across the outside of the the bars. It makes like that little tinkling noise. You literally see her ears prick, and she rolls over on her side and does that thing where she kind of lays like over on her arms. The woman sees who has done this, looks at Rasmus, grins, and goes, "What took you so long, altar boy?" And then smash cut to black. And the song physical, let's get physical. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter was way more prepared for his ending than the rest of us. I kind I'll of didn't think we'd make more it. Time. <laughs> so <laughs> y'all had happy endings. Happy ending. I had a lot more time. Me and Sophie went back into the mist to fight Strahd eternally until we defeat him. But this time, importantly, and I didn't mention this in there, they're doing it together. Brother ah, and sister united. See, that's the difference. You always have each other. Right. Also, this is this is. I have no one's worth. All I have is a blanket of what once was. I, d I don't want to overtake whatever Cody wants to do to end things, but I, I haven't said it aloud. I don't know if you guys know this. This is uh, Sarah's D&D character. I no. assumed as soon as I saw her, I was the like, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys have never gotten to play D&D with her, but that's that's the character that she's been playing for a long time now. Maven Weatherby. Who is she is, in jail? Uh, rogue. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She's a rogue. <laughs> oh, she's a thief. yeah, that's, that that's, that's what she okay. does. That, so. that fits. Yeah, that yeah. fits. I was going to say the only change, I'm glad you went through it because the only thing Ilmater was going to tell you when you were laying in bed was find her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, well friends, uh, darkness still abounds for some, uh, freedom for others, and yet a desire to go back into the fray for yet two more.
The curse of Strahd has been lifted in the land of Barovia. As we said, albeit temporarily. Dracula always comes back, and so does Zarevich. But there's freedom to be had for our compatriots and our characters here. Congratulations, friends. You are free from Barovia. You may now journey into the Badlands of Deadlands. Wait, and before yeah, we go... Yeah, hang on. A, uh, a big round of applause for Mr. Cody Sandusky for once again... Give Cody his fucking going, flowers, Going man. through another adventure with us. Hell yeah. And uh, How gladly did you nerf him for us? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in terms of legendary actions i mean i use them as i did your movement did defeat that uh okay so let's again all cards on the table lair actions are absurd for level five characters like for where you are in this i took away most of the lair actions other than his first moving away from the room so he could go up and down just as well yeah he has as full lair actions he can i mean i can give you the full spiel off the air but he can do a lot of shit he could literally like run us all over the castle if he really wanted yes yeah Yeah, Yeah. there are 88 (laughs) there are 88 distinct locations in the curse of strahd handbook for the castle raven model and you better believe i didn't look beyond the first fucking floor because ain't nobody got time for that shit this could have been a battle that has 88 rooms per castle you're gonna see some serious (laughs) serious shit yeah but cody how many of the rooms of that castle were just david pumpkins (laughs) <laughs> at least 63 of them. rooms of Barovia. They're not all going to be winners, all right? I Does thought this it was, place uh, have a spirit Halloween? Yes, George Santos's office. Um, so the, the only thing I will say is that he's a ninth level spellcaster by design, and I was using some heavy shit. Like, he had Blight, he had Fireball. Yeah. It felt thematic that he would want to like cast it just centralized on Rasmus and Bjorn. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, take was, the damage come what may. The big the, thing the about fireball part had yeah. me laughing. That was if I was to get hit with the full brunt of that, I was thinking about just having him dance around with his fur, like trying to put it out. And suddenly, <laughs> suddenly he was like a shaved wolf. He yeah. Was, yeah. That would have just Literally. been weird. Yeah. Just cook yep. the wolf on the floor. Uh, two things about Strahd before we wrap up. He has the ability to regenerate 20 hit points at the start of his turn if he has le- at least taken, or if he excuse me, has at least one left and isn't in running water or sunlight. And also, if he takes <laughs> radiant damage or damage from holy water, that doesn't trigger. Oh. So that also, saved the ad. Also. Misty escape is what he does. So typically what he can do, uh, actually, Shannon, you'll appreciate this first stake to the heart. If a piercing weapon made of wood is driven into his heart while he's incapacitated in his coffin, he's paralyzed until the stake is removed. It doesn't kill him, but it basically it locks him in place like holy water against Uh, Dracula. And that's what Sophie and Aiden are going back in for to stake that. (laughs) Uh, I will say, so Misty escape, what he can do is he, he drops to zero hit points outside of his coffin. If he's not in running water or sunlight, he transforms into mist and goes to the coffin. Thank wow. God. Which is like four floors deep. Uh, so y'all would have been doing the bit of Ghostbusters climbing 22 flights of stairs. <laughs> I'm surprised that Cody, I thought Cody was going to pull a Castlevania on me and have us fight Aiden. I could have sworn Aiden was going to turn and, and be yeah. the Richter of this story. I was, I, okay. I was shaking him real hard. Like you shook it out of him. Me- mechanically. I, w- I gave shook the entire party an opportunity. And all yeah. of you, except for Sophie, roll. He rolled incredibly low on wisdom checks. 
Like, if Sophie had not been able to, in this case, succeed on a check that he made because he rolled high that final time, he would have been combatant number one. Damn, that would have been cool. Oh, anyway. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Oh, this is good. man. So, it was a good adventure. Yeah, we, we uh, again, the symbol of Ravenkind paid off strongly. You were able to lock the boy in yeah. place and shellack him for what he's worth. The land has been freed, and thus so our party members have been freed. I want to say thank you to Double H as Rasmus Thomason, to Kaz as Bjorn the Blood Hunter, Shannon playing both Aiden and Sophie Valmont, legally distinct from Konami characters. Dual roles. Goddamned yes. Bat, and Lindsay playing Zephra, our heir Genasi. And also shout out to his incorporeal form showing up one final time tonight. Tanner playing Alfred. The, uh, I like that. The yeah. Big old. I hope he's excited I, about that. Yeah, it's the Stone Cold voice, you big old bastard. <laughs> and he is at peace now. Yeah. yeah. Well, for now. He's up there. He's up there dancing with raccoons in heaven. Licking everything he can find. Licking no, all the raccoons. Actually, uh, spoiler alert because he passed there. Um, Stuck. So, Sophie there. and Aiden are going to run into him again when they go back. <laughs> Okay, I have to ask in in yeah. in living form, like he's a living person there now, or is he still a ghost? He is now. So the way Barovia is written is that if you perish in Barovia, if the land resets, you essentially become locked to it forever. Like as long as Strahd is in power, you your soul doesn't exist. So that's the fun part about the Mardikovs and basically everybody you encountered. They are there but their souls don't rest and their souls are technically not tied or their uh, physical forms aren't tied to them. Their souls are locked on that demi plane in perpetuity. Jeez. All right, red, we coming for you. We're going to save you, baby. <laughs> that's part two, Cody. That, that's somebody else's problem. Cause <laughs> yeah. as far as I'm concerned, Strahd von Zerovich has been put in the goddamn ground and it's been a lot of fun. We made it through a yeah. year and a half through many twists, turns, delays, and, well, let's be honest, a party of level five players taking it to the bat. So well played <laughs> to all of you. Six, um, we were level six. Oh, yeah, you were level six. Sorry. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think I was looking at Aiden, who wasn't level five, because I didn't oh, level him up. For this. Shit, so was Sophie. They were both level five. No, we were level six. Not on my sheet, I wasn't. Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> I forgot to, I'm looking to at it right up. now. <laughs> Oh, cool! No, so clearly, fun. clearly, Strahd had one arm tied behind his back. Let's do this again, right yeah. now. Let's go. Uh, Sophie <laughs> and Aiden were both level five because I forgot to level her up. Well, fuck. Yeah, man. they were like said, I, They were nerfed. They, they yeah, got big. I couldn't level up. I couldn't grow older. one level from them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All yeah. right. Yeah. Bye. Hang on. Hang on. All right. This has been the so, Curse of Strahd on the Podzilla 1985 Network. This campaign comes to an end, and thus I will defer you to Double H and Shannon Young to tell you what comes <laughs> in 2024 and beyond. So, and it will be 2024. First of all, we are taking a big break for the very first time, intentionally anyway, in right. easy 85 You got to make room history. for Michael Bean. We have we got so much Bean coming your yeah. way, guys. Um, we, we have, we have just been, this show started in April, 2020, and it has been balls to the wall, pedal to the metal ever since. Occasionally we have had significant breaks, but it's almost always been unintentionally inadvertently. We've had people missing things have happened whatever. So go ahead, guys. I, you said April 2020, so we literally started Straw like a month no, after. No, no, we started no, Straw no, no, in no, June no, no, of last year. The show. Oh. The show. <laughs> Good so I Lord. tell that for you to make any damn sense. <laughs>
<laughs> I lost so track of the calendar, show in bro. April of 2020. So again, since then, we've not taken any like intentional major breaks. Um, we are going to take the rest of this month off the month of December for a couple of reasons. Number one, I am just very busy for the next three Tuesdays. Um, and number two, as Shannon mentioned, we are indeed uh, uh, doubling up. It's a double feature December on extras and epilogues on our, our movie recap show uh, and review show. So not only is it Christmas movies all month, but it's also being a good year. Uh, we're celebrating the works of Michael Bean this month with Tombstone uh, and yeah. and Terminator. We got Alien on or Aliens on deck. He's saying Alien. It's Aliens. Uh, he's in the first Tomb Terminator, the second Aliens. Anyway. So we got a ton of stuff coming up there. As far as plays goes, we will be back in the new year, ideally right out of the gate in the new year. I think the first Tuesday is like January 2nd. Um, and we're going to use that to gear up for our next big campaign. If you're not aware, Deadlands uh, is a Wild West steampunk uh, series that has been going on since the 90s. The current edition is done through Savage Worlds, which we've used before to play games like our Horrors of Perryville series. Uh, and that is what we're going to be looking forward to. I don't want to say any more than that other than I am stepping back into DM. Uh, I know for sure that what Lindsay and Kaz both for sure we're in Shannon is in I'm assuming it's Deadlands I'm we'll also going to looking be... around he's trying to decide he can't figure it out well, I'm also going to be he said look at the time <laughs> I'm also going to be in town when, when we kick it off if y'all wanted to mm. kick it off that's how we yeah. kicked off strong yeah, to, yeah I was going to say we need to consider that for sure because yeah. uh, the only time we've ever played Deadlands we've never played Deadlands on this show uh, Shannon and I have, have played it in person Lindsay you've never played with us have you nope no, so. Lindsay, no, Sarah played well Sarah played with us too and Jesse um, and Asa actually we had several Deadlands games that way uh, but so we'll talk more about that when we come back in early January. We won't properly kick off the campaign until probably about mid-month. Uh, but depending on when Kaz is here, we might switch that up. In any case, that's the major thing that's coming next. Okay, uh, so be prepared for that in the new year. But yes, we are going to take the rest of the December off. Extra Snap Logs doing big things. Um, we got AD this week. Shannon, uh, you say, you say things. I'm very tired. I'm running out of things. To say. Uh, we get well right now. Go back and listen to last night's episode of uh, of uh, well, it's it's at this point it's the Terminator episode of Extra Snap Logs where we talked about yes. uh, James Cameron's sci-fi horror classic. Yes, it is. Yes, and this week on AD, we're probably oh, it's Spotify. It's, wrap up. It, it's our music wrap up. Yeah, like we oh, do every shit. year. Oh shit! So uh, all right, ourselves with Spotify, Hunter, of course, I believe with Apple Music, right? Apple, Apple yeah. Music, that's correct. Yes. So, of uh, you guys out there, listeners, Michaela, Zane, uh, for the other two listeners, send us your spot. Send us your list. Like, what what was your biggest? We'll put it on Facebook too. Uh, we'll we'll put a big big thing on there saying, hey, what was your top? songs and somehow jesse will win um but we'll we'll ask what everybody's top stuff and kaz is on i'm just calling (laughs) it now kaz is on that one that's this thursday this thursday we're talking about our music wrap up and then it's home alone well shit tomorrow's home alone look it's a lot of shows i don't know anymore i gotta go show them my Mm -hmm. camp on fallout before everyone goes to bed because it's snowing yes and i want them to see it so a lot of shows (laughs) are coming i'm gonna get naked let's go let's get physical Thank you, Cody. Thank I, you, Cody. I might even yeah. show up on Thursday. We'll see. I might show up with a Hell rap. Hell yeah. Make it a party. That's what I want to hear. Party up, Everybody's y'all. Everybody's coming along. Hell yeah. yeah. Let's Hell. Spoiler Hell alert. Yeah. Mine is Hell all yeah. very much the same. Spoiler alert, Cody. Hell I'll tell you yeah. my number one right now. It, I won't tell you, but it's directly related to the characters I played in this game. Oh, uh, <laughs> I've seen. I'm aware. All right. All right. I'm free. 
God damn it, I'm free. Strahd's free. I knew you were Strahd's Strahd. free. <laughs> oh, this has been a lot of fun. Farewell to Barovia. Farewell to you listening. Thank you for listening to The Curse of Strahd. As a part of PZ85 Plays on the Podzilla 1985 Network. For Double H, for Bjorn, for Lindsay, for Shannon, I'm your Dungeon Master Cody Sandusky stepping out from behind the screen and saying, you goddamn badheads. heads. <laughs>